Welcome back to another bonus episode of Too Many Trailers. My name's Kelsey. And I'm Marianne. And Kelsey, you are so chipper. I know. I'm, I shouldn't be this chipper discussing this. Anyway, so just to reel you in before we kind of go off on tangents. We have made an outline. So theoretically, our tangents will be limited, or at least they will be in order. Yeah, you know what? It will be. They're going to be organized I... by characters. So, like, <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. So, before we get into anything, um, this is the uh, podcast where we generally talk about uh, two movie trailers every other week. Uh, this week, we're going to be discussing kind of the end game trailer versus the end game movie. Movie, and then we're also going to discuss. Um, so our breakdown of the outline for how we're going to discuss the actual movie for Endgame is we're going to take the main, the six main um, Avengers characters and break them down by what we liked about them in this film and what we didn't like about this yeah. film. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, and that's purely to keep ourselves more on topic and kind of organized. Yeah, because we've already spent literally um, the past a solid hour, hour or so, <laughs> and many a t- many a minute an hour before this discussing, discussing, and kind of just having a discourse, a good, healthy discourse about our thoughts on the movie. Let's go back. Let's turn the time back. Let's. Jesus. I'm sorry. So the original trailer came out in mid-December of 2018. And the second one coming out in in March. Okay. So um, we we discussed it. You can listen to it on our podcast there. But looking back at the trailers, they actually took out a bunch of scenes. They did a lot. They did a lot between the trailers and the movie. Like, so... There's a lot of, like, editing that happens, and there's actually a lot of what we predicted would be the end of the film. Yeah. And it was actually, like, the middle of the film, so there wasn't a lot about the actual end of it revealed. Right. Which was nice. That was really cool. Right. Which, because usually, like, with, like, the Avengers films, like the, you see the, like, you see you the, see the big battle at the end. Right. Or but this see, one you didn't at all. You didn't, you didn't see that shit. You didn't see, I'm that just, was gonna say, you didn't see shit. shit. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that was good because it was a very surprising thing, especially with the ending battle scene. Um, I guess yeah. there'll be spoilers in this episode for oh Avengers Endgame. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, and so I just feel like they kind of took out some scenes that I felt that were probably important for the characters, especially when Nat was shooting at the target. Oh, from the movie. From, from the, the movie. trailer. Right. So yes, there were extra scenes in the trailer that we were like, where is this? So I'm like, I'm sorry. You could have just added it in there what makes it three hours and ten minutes long i mean it's like an extra right. like after three hours like who's counting everybody's in it for the long no, haul at that no, point so. yeah everyone's like i haven't peed in five hours <laughs> but i'll be fine but i'll be fine and i won't leave this goddamn theater um yeah and i was just like oh that was a little disappointing at first because I was really excited to see some of these scenes that they were showing, right. especially when Steve Rogers was, you know, sitting in the apparent therapy group, quote unquote, mm. that he we thought that inferred to us that he was a participant, especially because he looked like he was so angry to be there, like he didn't want to be there, you know, and everything. Are you falling asleep? No, I'm listening. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm thinking. Sorry, I'm thinking back because I can't. I don't, that was not sorry, part of the trailer that I thought very hard about. Right. I apologize. 
Okay. You're okay. Um, yeah, and it was just like, oh, this could have been an interesting turn of character, you know. Yeah. With from that point in the film to the other point that we see him go through within the within the movie. So, I just was like, oh, like I would have wished that was in the scene rather than something else was in the scene within the movie and I felt like it could have worked a little bit better. Like you wish he had in the film actually been a participant and not like the leader of the group. Right, exactly. Okay, you can you can just talk about it because we're, this is a spoiler. So. Yeah, I mean I just like because of the fact that he is so much of a leader and to see him be a follower would have been a nice touch to his character that he's grown that he doesn't always have to be a leader. Right. You know, he can right. be the side which could have been a really good little you know start of the flame to like the ultimate ending of him growing old and being not being a leader anymore it would have been a really nice touch and i think it would have uh, allowed his character to grow a lot of the times especially because of the fact in the big battle scene he's not the one doing the like he's not strategizing the whole thing there are other little sects of uh, of groups trying to strategize within this big thing right so him being a follower would have been a great touch i felt like um, to let us understand it's like Steve Rogers is not always going to be this military guy. He's just going to be he this guy that's in a He doesn't always have battle. to be a leader. Exactly. And that's okay. Just be Steve. That's very much okay. But I cry. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if neither of us cry during the recording of this podcast, I will be floored. I will be like amazed. Um, but yeah, those are my feelings on those two scenes in particular. Yeah, I don't really remember much else other then, than that yeah, they the, just like the like, were, like Natasha huge... the Natasha scene right. is big though because like you see her like shooting at a target and that's a you never see Nat in any kind of training or any kind of mm-hmm. practice you kind of just see her there like even like you see like Steve at the punching bag and you see like right. other scenes similarly for other characters and things like that or them like trying things or like other stuff. Um, so it's like a big deal, and you don't get a lot of solo shots of of Natasha, right? Either no, you like don't. in general throughout any of the movies, like mm-hmm. there's never like scenes of her just alone. Um, um, so that was a big deal to have had that cut out, and also it would have really shown because at that midpoint of the movie when she's really stepping up and being the director of like what would have been like the Avengers Initiative or like Shield or like the World Council right. and things like that, um, she. she her really in that leadership role because there's nobody else to take it. Right. Um, and it would have been really great to have seen, and you do see a little bit of the softer side of her, like when she's like getting upset and getting mm-hmm. a little like emotional and stuff like that, but you don't see the other side of it. Like you don't see like the, her like blowing off steam and mm-hmm. like how she's actually dealing with all of this inter- like internal this struggle or whatever. And all of this like, responsibility and all this that's been placed on her and I feel like that would have been really good for her character like it would have been great if you had gone from that shooting scene into the council scene mm-hmm. or the other way around like so if, say like, like she just came back from her shooting like scene and then sat down and then opened the council right right either that or the other way around where it was like you she goes from the council goes like shoots off a few mm-hmm. rounds and then comes back and then she's like really emotionally eating a pita butter sandwich. <laughs> just really gonna emotionally destroy me for the rest of my life. Um, goodbye, peanut butter sandwich. Goodbye. <laughs> um, 
But, like, that would have been really good. Right. To have seen, just for her character. Just to, her understanding, because she's human. Like, we kind of always don't, forget. Yeah, you we know? talk about that a lot. Like, Nat is, literally no one extra powers, years. and just, you know, she's just, just very spy. talented I mean, just and, like, really, very yeah. good at what she does, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't. Right, exactly. And it's one of those things where it's, like, if we treated her character like a human character, I felt like people would get bored with her, you know? Right. And I don't think like they similar, realize like, it. Like with, thing, same thing with Hawkeye, though. Yeah, too. no, I know. And in Age of Ultron, I feel like they touched on that really well when, like, he got, sh- like, um, at, he mm-hmm. got he got the new skin from Helen Cho, mm-hmm. and, like, he got sewn up and all that. And, sh- and Laura, his wife, is like, he's like, she's like, you're only human, you can't take what those guys can take and you have to like kind of accept that right. but nobody but like even when we put all the focus on Clint having those like problems and that struggle of being like a human in a group of like super people right like nobody even acknowledges it for Nat no one it really like at all okay yeah I can move I on think now. like they kind of like sort of acknowledge that like she's like not able to like heal or whatever because she like has scarring from the bullet that, you know, the Winter Soldier gave her and, you know, in the back and everything. It's like, okay, so you have this, like, one scar. Right, but, like, realistically, like, think of, like, all the shit that Natasha's done. She would have scars everywhere. Everywhere. Like, but even, like, the fact that the Winter Soldier shot someone through her and she's like, here, let me just show you my scar. It's fine. I still fight and (laughs) don't worry about it. And I, like, got shot. Somebody got shot through me. Right. And it's like, and I'm fine. I mean, it does. You know what I mean? Prove so it's like that she's like able to like overcome right, obstacles right. or whatever. But it's still, it's like, it's still like, oh no, I was shot. <laughs> like, and right. guys, I was shot. And she got <laughs> shot in the shoulder by the Winter Soldier. Yeah. In the Winter Soldier. Again. And she got shot another time too. I feel like. I feel like yeah, she's gotten shot more than a few. <laughs> just a lot of times, and she's just always like kind of bounces on back, <laughs> and here we are. You Which know? just like doesn't give her the argument that she's human. At all. Right. And they don't, like, show her that she needs that time to heal. At all. It's just, it's like, whoops, you're good. (laughs) You're good. You got shot in the shoulder in a very bad spot, but you're fine. You're fine. It's totally not like... You lost a lot of blood, but you'll be fine in the next This is like going back to, like, one of our early episodes where we're like, the idea of medicalness is, like, never addressed, like properly yes which i get like it's, it's fine a because you film. can't sit there and be like oh and five weeks later natasha was able to come back to work <gasps> could you imagine she's just like strolling up in like a cam movie like it's fine i just got shot in the ankle <laughs> like whatever um but going anyway. back to like the trailers i feel like they they definitely used a lot of misdirection mm. with it i mean in a good way in a bad way too yeah. and i feel like it might have at first, it might have been good, but it kind of, kind of shot itself in the own foot. Unfortunately, you know what I mean. Which misdirection are you talking about in specific? Though? I think, I think the misdirection that Thanos would play like a larger role, role in the film because I thought he was going to be like this the huge. I mean, yes, he was like a big role, but it just he didn't seem as important as I thought he was going to be. Because, you know, they they kill him off so quickly. I know. <laughs> and then 2014 Thanos comes back at, like, the literal, like, last minute of right. the film. It's one of those things where it it shows that the movie wasn't 
it was more about the stones than it was about Thanos. the Thanos. But the whole thing is Thanos because he wants the stones. It's like it's this weird like balance that I felt like it wasn't addressed properly, you know? Right. And it's hard when you don't have a character behind the big bad. Right. Yeah. You know I mean, so when it's when it's just them looking for the stones for a good portion of the middle, then you're like there's nothing that you're tangibly fighting against. Right. It's just it's, it's like, like you're fighting for something and you need something to get to that point. It's a lot but of you don't like have set a up. you don't have a set like enemy that you're working against the whole time, which is Right. Like there should have I agree. there could have been a single line through like if Thanos followed them through each sort of play where they're trying to get like that would have created like a good conflict that they have it that's time sensitive yeah rather than just being like oh we gotta get the stones or like i just thought of this now like if thanos like so say he destroyed like all the stones except for like the space stone right it just works for my theory okay which was like if he like then if like the avengers came to kill him and he kind of like snapped his fingers and like opened a portal and left right and then they didn't know where he went and they had to get all the other stones except for the time stone but they had to fight him to get the right. time stone and then they'd still be working again like they'd still need to get two thanos to get that done right you'd still, still be still... working against somebody there's like still a sort tangible. of conflict it's kind of hard when you don't have a tangible you need a thing con- you're fighting like, against. this film i felt like needed a, an extra conflict I felt there was like something like missing maybe and I think that might have been it. I mean I think yeah. it's like there's no there's nothing holding them down. There's right. nothing being like, oh we have to get back. Like they could have just stayed in like to the two thousand twelve era forever. I mean Right, right. It, they didn't have anything time sensitive about it. Right. It just I don't know. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. But um I do have to say, just as a general like kudos, I guess, yeah. to the film. Like, the fact that they had Nebula get intercepted by the other Nebula. That was really, was really well I think developed. it was, I think that was a great way to kind of misdirect, like, kind of, like, throw off the team because. Right. They, it was a game changer. It was a game changer. They didn't think about it. You know, they didn't think right. that Nobody, someone could come back. You know? And they didn't, yeah, they didn't think about the, like, and I mean, who would have, like, even Nebula hadn't thought about that. She had never. No. Like, and until, like, like she had the, that mirror image. Of right, her being like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> right, and then everybody in the whole theater just goes, "Fuck!" Yeah, like, cause no, like nobody could have seen that coming. No, no, it really because it was which really I, well done. Which I think at this point in the game, if you can make this in like such a great, like in such a long and like well developed, um, to like you know, and like well and like has so much backstory and other like comics and things mm-hmm. to draw from to create something like a new idea of it's how you so did something refreshing. is. Really impressive too. It really Just that is. you can do something that really like shocked the fucking hell out of yeah, everybody. Yeah, no one expected that. Right. You know, which was great. And so I thought that was a very very good yeah. scene too. And like people were probably like, oh, they're gonna bring Thanos back somehow, but like nobody knew. No how. one thought. Yeah. Nobody no one thought through Nebula, and then they were gonna like hook Nebula up. Which and is do that. such a good thing for her character because of the fact right. that she has grown. So much. Yes. You know, I think she's grown a, like, honestly like, like the most. I want to say she's grown the most in this amount of time. Probably, probably Nebula. Because she because now like she's Gamora like, has, but Gamora was always like against her deep seated like stuff against Thanos. Right. Like, 
down into the core. She just so, covered it up. So I feel like her, it's pretty much, it's like two different people. Yeah. So Literally, it's like current Nebula and 2014 Nebula are totally different. So I think that was a good way to like bring that conflict back in, which I really, really did appreciate. But yeah. I don't know. I think there was just like something like overall missing. And I think that the internal conflict of something time sensitive. Right was missing but again it's the it's when you play with time it gets wonky you know it gets weird it's hard it's hard to keep track it's of so everything difficult. when you're doing anything time related it's so difficult um so when so, you were talking about seeing a lot of misdirection in the trailer they also did phenomenal editing in the trailer the the trailer editing was really really good because they cut off just the right amount of time you know, right. for each scene, like yeah. because I feel like if they went a little longer, then it would have spoiled something. Would have been ideal, yeah. right? If they didn't do too much, it would have made sense at all. I think that whoever edited the trailer really just was like, I have to know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> I need to know everything. Yeah, exactly. Before I can get anything done, um, and like just like alone in Tony's speech, the fact that it was a combination of his speech from the beginning and from the end. Yes. Oh. Like, because I was like, listen to his speech at the beginning, the beginning of the film when he's talking into the helmet. And, and then he's like, like, then it cuts I was off like, like I was like, but wait, there was definitely another line. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like they probably just like scrapped that yeah. line or whatever. Um, and then when it came up again at the end, I yeah. was like, wow, that was really good because I didn't. That was the scene when he was like the hologram, right? Yeah. That okay. was really good. That was really, yeah, exactly. And that's like, can thinking we, think about it now. Can we title this episode, I Love You 2000? No, because no, I'm right. No, no, <laughs> um, Okay. Thinking about that scene and for Tony's arc, that makes so much sense, like, why they would do it, because it's like his arc really gets like a 360-degree, like, um, completion, yeah. right? And so it's Comes like knowing that, that it's the beginning and that's his end. It just really ties, like, ties right. the whole they, movie they had together. A, I feel like they had a very clear picture of where Tony was going through this film. Oh, yes. Which was <laughs> I feel they like they knew, could add that to a pro on his. Yeah. They, oh, that could also be a con, too. Um, we'll discuss that. Um, I feel like when they sat down to start writing it, they're like, yep, this is going to happen to Tony. Like, they knew from the beginning, like, what was going to happen. Yeah. When they started writing this, so. and I don't feel like that's always a bad thing. No, because it like it sets up a clear idea where you want it to go, and then you can yeah. really like establish. Okay, the, so to get to this point, these are the things we need to hit and establish, yes. and make sure we cover, so that we have good closure. And that's like, and I feel very like they common could have in like in novels and in books. writing. Yeah, in writing. Um, like J.K. Rowling was like, "Here's the last chapter of Harry Potter. I haven't read." The, written the last six book or the last two books yet but yeah i mean like end. sometimes like you just have to write that ending scene to get to, just to, to understand like this is my modality and everything, everything else but um i feel like the, honestly the film could have benefited if they had a clear picture of where they wanted every everybody at every the end of the story person, yes. because then you're then you can make sure you hit everything you need to hit and develop right. everything you need to develop within a clear conscious amount of time right and then you're not like oh fuck right Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Peggy Carter. Oh, boy. you know what I mean? Yeah, so just that. Exactly. All right. Um. So should we uh, jump right into our character discussion? Yeah, I think I think this is the appropriate amount of time. I think we've had said what we needed to have said for the trailer, and I think we need to just kind of break down the characters to understand our feelings and 
I think this is more of a cathartic thing for us than it is for you guys like, listening to listen it. If you all sit through it, like, that's fine. I feel like at this point, this you're, is... people are probably going to get so Marvel-deprived feeling yeah. that they're going to, like, jump on whatever. But it's going to be long, guys. Yeah. Um, all so right. sit back, grab a beverage. Grab a drink of your choice. And if you're driving non-alcoholic beverage, please. Preferable, like, stop in a 7-Eleven. Get an icy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One day we won't say all the same words. All right, all right. So we're gonna break down the original and like main six Avengers because uh, it was more of a character piece, if anything. Endgame was. Yeah. It was more more character based. It was more. It wasn't more story focused <laughs> than it was character focused. So. So we're gonna start with Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. Yep. And um, we are kind of like spaced it out by like pros and cons of like how they went with their character in this film, but we'll also just talk generally about them. Yeah. Um. So let's go with the pro. All right. All right. So Hulk. Oh boy. Well, can we do a Hulk and Banner? Because like yeah, yeah, together, together. together. That's what I said. Is that like Think Hulk up. and Banner? Um, should we like briefly say what happened, what he did, what they did with his role in this, or no? I feel, I feel like, like people we, at this point, if they're listening, it, they should probably they should know. Yes. And then if if I not, I say yeah, I go know. see the movie. Yeah. Don't listen to this without seeing the movie. I don't want to rehash the same thing like seven times because it's like, at this point, if you've seen the film, you understand what's going yeah. on. So okay. No, um, you're right. You're right. I think I say that. So I shouldn't. Probably right. for Hulk slash Banner. Um, I did enjoy the scene um, with Banner with, with like Tilda Swinton. Mm. I felt like because she's part of the Doctor Strange you universe. know universe, and I feel like he is probably the perfect person to understand like the real tiny whiny stuff that went right. on, which I really appreciated it because he also was like, okay, wait, let's see, let's let's take a step back, let's explain this in normal terms because he was able to kind of just reiterate everything right and i feel like that scene was helpful to Ish. kind of explain things but also made everything more confusing it made but everything so much more confusing. but it was but at good the, that like they were able to talk on that level and that tilda swinton's character was like no you can't screw around with the stones because you'll set everything else up wrong right and he was like and then it was kind of like the realization of like, oh, we didn't really think about that aspect of it. Right, like exactly. The Infinity Stones actually control parts of the universe. So or they like, control the the flow of time. Right. Not right. so much they control parts of the universe. Right. They but control like, like, like so the, the stability. Necessarily like, like, right. But the all all of the stones control the stability of the whole right. universe. They cre- yeah. They create the fact that we have like homeostasis through the universe. And like... So she, ta- her talking specifically about the time zone and like him being there, like that was good. Right, I didn't like I did enjoy that because it just allowed people just to step back for like two seconds because especially it that's in the two thousand twelve scene where he mm-hmm. where it's like there's so much going on there's you know two right. Steves there's like the tower scene there's a lot of right. stimuli and like them just stepping back and going okay. <laughs> Here's where we need to stop in a moment right. and just let the movie breathe for a second. Right. So, um, I did, I did like that. Anything Any else? other pros for Hulk um, or Banner? Um, let's I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Let's move on to the cons. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Uh, um, my opening note for the cons is what the fuck. Um, like, what did yeah. they do to this character? They completely 
Okay, I think here's my theory because it's also a theory for Thor. I'm ready. Okay, so I think a good amount of people enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. And I think a lot of people liked it because of the fact that it was funny. Yeah. And the fact that the characters were funnier than usual. They're not this like deep brooding person. They have a personality. They can joke. Um, I think that the I think what happened was that they realized was like oh people enjoy when they joke and I think that's what happened to the character and I think that they just did it overboard and I think that's what happened and I didn't realize it because all like it just like what (laughs) it's like they took all the things that they were like oh people like these things about Ragnarok and shoved it in here and we're like no those aren't the things we liked about Ragnarok put those back and give us the things we did like put that thing where Ragnarok came from so help me Um, Um, and I think it completely added a level of complete mischaracterization absolutely like Uh, like it's for like mischaracterization for both of them right like I I get like what they were trying to do because of Infinity Wars where he was like trying like the Hulk like didn't want to come out right they needed to make that whole agreement of like what they were gonna do right which but that's literally not the Hulk so. Right, and I liked what, what I mean. Unless he, I liked I'm wrong. what I don't he know. said at the beginning when they were like, "What happened to you?" And yeah. he was like, "I've been treating the Hulk like it's some kind of disease that I need to like Which get is rid of." Wonderful, and like that would make sense if you were like, "Oh, I w- I change into the Hulk at will sometimes See. just because," and like to kind of develop that kind of relationship between more of Banner and the Hulk separately. This is but like. Staying as the Hulk permanently is not what I think. No, because that's more what that would of what like from. I think She Hulk in the comics is. She's more Hulk than not than human. Um, but this is like where my idea that this is more of a sequel to the original Avengers rather than sequel to Infinity Wars, mm. because a lot of the ideas that they like present are very much like direct like things from uh, Avengers because. Yeah, because of the fact that he's saying that we need to make an agreement because you know there's just like I can change at will or whatever. That's like literally what he said in the the Battle of New York when he was like I'm always angry and then he turns into right. New York so he's able right. to change at will. So I feel like it's more of and I'll I'll bring it up again in yeah. more of the characters arcs. Um, and I really didn't think that that was the basis of why the Hulk wouldn't come out. I think the Hulk got beat so badly by Thanos he was scared to come out he was scared to come out I think it's more of the fact that it it happened on Sakaar whatever happened happened on Sakaar right so I think that and, and when and when he when they were on the ship that they took out of Asgard right and when Thanos beat him so oh badly, yeah yeah like because yeah. because Banner would have Sorry. had to change at will back I into completely Hulk. forgot about that scene it's okay <laughs> but I think that honestly was the first time Hulk ever got beaten so was, easily yeah and he that badly lost. he was just he, and he, he lost. lost and, and he like was, and has, then he was like I'm not coming back out I'm not fighting again no I'm no, not doing that exactly and like, because he fought all of the car and then he realized he's like I don't have to fight Right. Like, I don't have to do this if I don't want to do this. So it creates this weird autonomy yeah. you know, between the two of them. So And so I just thought it was... Yeah, it was just it was odd. Just like, it was what just did you odd. do to this? Like, did Mark Ruffalo decide that he didn't want to be himself I really, in the movie? I think like, it was why? kind of a thing where it was like they wanted him to have more lines, but they didn't want to have Banner. 
because I think that they wanted people to like the Hulk as a character more rather than Banner more. Or like they wanted to avoid having that like split between right. Banner and Hulk so much. And they like wanted to combine them both and they, uh, they just missed, missed the mark. Absolutely. Oh boy. Um, Other thoughts about Hulk? I mean, no. Um, that's pretty much my issue. I mean, I've, I think I've, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I know that, you know, my issue with it's, it's the whole turning, like not understanding where to insert jokes in a film. Mm. I mean, it's good to, that it's funny and I'm glad that it's like, like that, but there's, there's a point where it goes overboard and I'll discuss it again in other characters arcs as well. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Clint. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do Clint. Um, who your... was... Okay. Pros? Yeah. So pros is, like, actual use of his character. Oh, my God. And this actual is the most of his character. Right, the most we've ever heard him speak was right, in this, this film. Right, this is the most that he's been giving, given to do. Yeah. This is the most lines he's been giving. It's the most motive and background. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that we started this entire film... With, with a scene of family. Clint and his family, and that really giving his motive to being like, I just literally lost everything. Right, exactly. Important. Which puts him into this weird, like, idea that he has to fight everything. Right, that he's like a, and like you see that, people go like into yeah. rogue, like, That's like on vendettas and stuff, <laughs> like when they lose their whole family, right. like look at any DC comic, come on. Come on, people. <laughs> but like... So like it, it was just giving him like a background and Which stuff was like that in development to his whole character, and so but, like that was really interesting and like just good for once. Yeah, I think so. I think that um, I think it was a really good idea because they called back onto that scene like quite a few times mm. um, which I really appreciated that they were able to kind of like put that a little bit more 360 right. to his yeah. character than usual. I'm, I mean, I personally would have liked if he was a little bit more like the comics rather than the Matt Fraction, because that's what everyone, that's like the pop, most popular one, where he is deaf, where he, you know, is this like kind of like just strange guy who's able to, you know, shoot arrows like really well. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's putting it baseline, but personally would have liked to see that a little bit more but I did love the interactions with his family and him teaching his daughter like how to shoot the arrow and him saying Hawkeye I'm a little sad it wasn't Kate Bishop because I know I said that I know we had both a lot but but then when I was seeing her though I was like but that could be Lila it could yeah I didn't I I don't know I don't know if it was like aged up or if I just forgot what what she looked like (laughs) anyways but yeah that was my I just like that he was with his family a lot and I think that it was a core message for his character. Right, and you really got, like, what his center is and stuff like that. Right. And then, like, I feel like through this film, you got a really good, like, idea of his, like, emotional arc yes. between, like, him and his own connection to his family and, like, connection to who he is. And you really got to see use of his skills that you see more often. Yeah. Like, even with the light and, like, the stuff like that when he's, like, running through the tunnels. And I think you saw a lot of more of his, like, toys. Right. Which you, you don't and see, and but the thing is, you see that in the comics, you right? Know, which right. is awesome, and I was really happy you got the mm-hmm. torchlight, like you just yeah. said, and you got the um, the um, mm-hmm. thing that mm-hmm. you stick to the wall and it has yes, the, the, it has the thing about yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. guys know what we're talking about. I hope you all know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, 
But like there, because it's like he's more than just a bow and arrow. He's more of a marksman in terms right. of it, more so than usual. Right, and just the fact that like, you know, even in like other films, they've been like, he's like, I'm just the guy that shoots the bows and arrows, and right. why the fuck am I here? <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> but like, this is really showing like his abilities. He has a lot of other ability that you don't that isn't really shown. And that was like a thing that I felt like for a lot of this film, for a lot of characters, not everybody. Right. But I feel like a, for a lot of people we really showed what all of their strengths and skills can do, which we should have maybe seen that a little earlier. I mean, I wish we'd seen that in every film, but I, yeah, I feel like that's very true. sometimes I would come out of films being like, why did nobody show up to work? <laughs> like, yeah, why exactly. did nobody show up with all I of mean, your skills? I would have loved to see in the first film that Hawkeye was introduced, not so much in Thor, like the original Thor film where he was actually like literally introduced, but in, um, in Avengers, I would have, yeah. I know there was a lot of things, but like in the Battle of New York where he was like shooting an arrow, not looking. I would have liked to see more of his, like, the bow tech that he had, yeah. which would have, I think, been at least, like, a good balance and basis to yeah. his character, at least, and we could have inferred a little bit more on that. Unless it's like they just didn't have the technology, which I doubt because S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. would have that. Right. And, like, the first time you really see any new tech for him is in, like, Civil War when he's got those really cool ones that keep Vision in. Oh, Yeah. I don't remember that. No. <laughs> well, when he goes to save Wanda from the Avengers compound, he has those, he shoots these arrows that keep Vision trapped and he can't phase to get out of them. Cool. Gonna have to rewatch the core. Yeah. Okay, cool. It sucks that, like, this is the first time you're really getting to see right. a lot of Right, like, just a lot of it. And I think that's just the issue, that it's, like, the, the, the only the second time we deal with Clint. You know. Um, what about your con? Um, well, do you have some cons I'd like you to start? I do. I could have done without the whole um, Japanese storyline that he had where he's a ninja now. <laughs> well, I think that's just how he's fighting everybody. Like no, no, that. he's literally like this character who is a Japanese ninja. Correct. But we don't really see that. So we don't really know that. But why is he a white guy then? No. <laughs> Did you just beatbox? <laughs> no, I was starting to say four different words and I didn't agree on any of them. But we don't see that he's technically becoming a ninja. We just no. All we know is that he's... I know, but I know that it's established in the comics. No, it's, it's not. established not established no, here. It's not, no, they literally call him Ronin. Like, or whatever his... It's like a... Hold on. Let me... Wait. No, it is... I know. I feel like... Because they just say... They like, Rhodey says, like, oh, it looks like Barton's work. And Nat's like, no, I think it's another cartel. When they're talking about Mexico, where Rhodey's, talk, where Rhodey's coming, calling in from the council. And then she's like, tell me where he's going next. And you just know that, like, he... And Rhodey's like, it looks like Barton's style. It looks like what he's been doing lately with this, like, rogue killing people thing. Right. And Nat's like refusing to believe it because she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to accept it, but... I just know that he's, like, a specific character that's, like, a Japanese... Hold on. I really want to make sure and get this right. Ronin. Yeah. So... Do they refer to it in the movie? I think so. Because he's Ronin, the Japanese name for a freelance samurai. Um, it is a masked identity... Uh, is a masked identity that various characters have taken on in the comics, including Clinton after he came back to life one time. In, in the comics. 
Okay. So he swapped. I don't it. know if they. I don't know if they did it, but they heavily, but they it. heavily inferred it with his sword skills. In, right, and I think I, I took I that more like, as like he developed other skills so that he wasn't just a bow and arrow. Because if he's no, killing all these, and he's developed and a different fighting style to really like just literally just want right, to. Right, he was take blowing up things and he was like fighting, but it still like it irked me a lot. Oh, I didn't have any problem with it because I just like. Brody was like, he just killed a bunch of people in a cartel in Mexico. Right. Now he's killing a lot of bad people in Japan. Right. I mean, and now like, he's, he's like, like hopping. Well, yeah, that's that's like the 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 but like that's right. Ro- but that's just like also rogue like. Well, it's rogue, a rogue thing, but like rogue killer kind of like. It's it's it draws heavily on a gray area. I feel like, and I feel like that's true if you like know a lot of the background from the comics. But if right. you don't, which I like, right. feel like a no, lot of people no, like, I in feel this like that's true. universe, yeah, do not. Right, but it's not coming exactly from comic. But still, they're right, and it's still even so. It still like kind of bugged me because it was like this white guy fighting these Japanese people. I I don't know. It just like it kind of just like irked me. It just put me in like a. It felt weird to me. Yeah. So I mean, I don't feel like we needed to be in Japan to show him killing a lot of people, but yeah, I got like. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see it as a. I it just it just felt strange and out of place, and I felt like we could have grabbed Clint from anywhere else in the world, <laughs> and it could have just been maybe better handled. I felt like personally. I don't know. I didn't. I, don't I know. just saw like he was like I'm wearing a hood because I'm protecting my identity, and I'm just gonna yeah. kill a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, like, there, like, he does have, like, a hood, like, it does, like, change, like, he does, like, have that originally, like, as, maybe in the, com- maybe it's in the comics that he has, like, a hood, but, I don't know, specifically that, like, the Ronin character is just, like, is a Japanese samurai. And we'll have to like, pay better attention when we see it again. Yeah. And see if they actually mention it, because I don't I feel like they did or something, or he's like, I'm Ronin, or like, he's Ronin, or, <laughs> or like the Japanese, like, dude is like, you're Ronin. <laughs> I, I feel like remember. it was mentioned somewhere, but like, I know that people in the comments were like, holy shit, he's Ronin, and I was like, um. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, so that's Clint. Did you really not have any cons for Clint? Not really. Oh, okay. I felt like it was, like I was just happy that we finally developed some character. Yeah. I was like happy with that. Um sorry. <laughs> um yeah, I was just like happy that we developed some character finally for Clint and my con is just a personal vendetta, but it's fine. Okay. Um so we're gonna move on to Natasha. Um so we'll go with the um the pros. Do you wanna start? Nope. I oh, want right, you to start. Right. <laughs> Do you want me to start? Um, I'll start for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let me just put down my sloth of sadness so I can speak to the microphone because I have important This thoughts. is prose, okay? This is prose. I know. Okay. Oh, okay. I know. I have okay. a lot of prose for what we do with okay. Natasha in this first. Okay. <laughs> Kelsey is the one stress eating right now, and I feel like I should be. We're getting closer to Steve. That's why. Uh, <laughs> every step closer to Steve. <laughs> Um, okay, so, Natasha, um, pros I had done for her are, like, character development, especially Mm -hmm. in, like, leadership role, Mm -hmm. because, like, for her entirety, you're seeing her as this, like, right-hand man to Fury. Yep, Um, or Steve. Yes, but, like, 
through a longer period of time, yeah. like through to Fury. So she's really like, cause when she's like right handing to Steve, she's like, just like BFFs and mm-hmm. they're like, um, they work well together in combat and that kind of stuff. But when she's with Fury, she's like second person in charge almost. Yeah. Like she's like the, not the Maria Hill side, but like the other side, like she knows everything that's going on. She, you know, yeah, she's pretty much in the know. Um, and so this is really like allowing all of that the fact that all of that has happened and that she was such a high up in shield and that she was so close to fury that she really does understand how to run an organization similar to that so like when you see her like kind of in charge of all of the other people like on that like mini council i guess they Mm -hmm. put together and stuff like that of like okuye and captain marvel and rocket and nebula and Rhodey, um, and just all of them, um, and that she's really taken on this leadership role, and it's a lot of, like, on the responsibility end, and, like, you mm-hmm. don't get that a lot from her, and you don't get a lot of her, like, background emotional stuff, and, like, character things, and things like that, and it's the first time, like we were talking about earlier, where, like, even just as soon as, like, right before Captain America, like, comes in, mm-hmm. um, it's like one of the first times where you actually see Nat alone in a scene. Which one? When the she's Iron sitting Man at the two? table. No, oh. no. In, in, in Endgame. In Endgame, yeah. It's it like she's just there. She's like, it's it's really good for her like character development because you're seeing her like start to get emotional about Clint and you're seeing like how she's like not coping. Right. Um, and also, coping mechanisms. T- tidbit, when mm-hmm. I saw it the second time, I noticed um, next to the table that she had like a pair of ballet shoes out on like a chair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm just turning my whole world around. Um, because like then you're seeing that in like her character development, she is still using dance as either like a coping skill or a way to like keep like agile and stuff like that. Just but be, like, just be fit, you know, it's a form of right. like working out. But like her. still like like to go back to that and like that is such like a base part of her like characterization and her original training in the red room right exactly that it's like what yeah it is it's it was i didn't see it i i have when i go see it again i'm gonna really look out for it yeah however it's just it's like it's so good it good the to have her have emotion is like such a nice feeling because of the fact that the first time we really see her in the Winter Soldier is like her in the car with Steve in the, like the truck, um, and she like kind of she kind of breaks a little bit, and it, it kind of shows that she she has this side to her that's really like untapped. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. it it was so nice to see her well up with tears and you know right. because it's like okay so she's not a robot. Right, we understand that she's not this like, she is this highly trained spy, but she's not being overwatched anymore. So she's able to kind of like let loose and break down, which is okay. And I feel like the only other time you actually see her get upset, like we're gonna skip right over that Age of Ultron crap because like that I don't believe. Yeah, I don't believe in that. But yeah, in the oh first, yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. It's like right in the first Avengers movie when she's talking to Loki and she's baiting him and she yes. has to pretend to cry and then she turns around and she's like. Wait a minute. Like, she's fine. She wasn't crying at all because no. she's faking it because she's, she's a spy. spy. Um, is the first time you ever see her, like, 
try to give emotion, and then she turns right around and she's like, no. Like, yeah. she's faking it. But this is the first time that you get actual real emotion. Like, real so that's, like, tears. like, a very good, like, coming around as a character. Right, like, like it's the arc yes. that we all she's talk about. She's arcing out very well. Yeah. Um, a little and too then, late, but yes. <laughs> obviously, a little too late. Um, and then, like, when she and Clint are on Vormir... And he's like, oh I'm gonna. Boy, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, well, wow, let's just keep it around. Um, but when they're both like willing to sacrifice themselves, and like in the end, like yeah. they both know she's the one that has to like, like yeah, she has to be the one to yeah. do this, and it like just ties in. Like if they hadn't established like her leadership kind of stuff, even for like the hot second where they do it, right? They. You know, it wouldn't have meant the same thing for her to have sacrificed herself. It would have just been, like, more of that self-deprecating, like, I don't need to be alive to be part of this team right, kind exactly. of thing. Like, I don't need to, like, I'm not a big part of this team or something like right. that would have but been more knows, of like, But now knows, at this like, point, she's like, no, it's my responsibility to this team right, to, to do, do this, this job right. because I'm the only person that That's, can. Right. At this point, she probably was the only character looking at that that could have done what she had did. You know, I feel like we're like trying to work around spoilers, even though we're like spoilers, but we're like, we're not really gonna say oh. it, so. I just can't. I know, I know you can, but I feel like I'm, I'm also being like, you know, the thing that she did with the thing and the, the, <laughs> the, the other place. thing. <laughs> the, the, the thing that happened and it happened. <laughs> Is that gonna be our title? The thing that happened and it happened. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, it doesn't have to be. Anyway. Um, do you have more? Any other pros? For I don't. Oh, God. Do you have some cons? I do. I feel like we missed out on her character so much. She could have thrived so much in that last battle scene. And I'm so... I mean, I don't know if it's just a personally I'm mad. It's also, it's like... I okay, I see it that she like had to quote unquote had to do it, but it's also it's like doesn't Natasha deserve a happy ending? <gasps> you know? Fuck. I mean it's I'm just it's cry. like and it's like she's also the only like female core six and it's like, okay, wow, we're gonna really like kill the only woman on the team for for male pain. I mean I mean I hate to be like that feminist, but like no, no. A lot of the problems of this movie kind of stem around from the women in the movie and the, their lack of treatment mm-hmm. and everything. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's really started. It it really starts at that point. You know, it just really goes. I don't want to say tumbling downhill because it's like yeah, the women in Marvel, like all the women in Marvel scene was. Fun, and it but was you wouldn't like, have to do that if you were all treating them equally and they all right, had you did, and things exactly. like that. It wouldn't be as forced. Exactly. It's just, it did feel forced and it was awesome and I loved it and I loved oh, yeah. seeing Okoye. I loved it and I will love it every single time. I but... will watch it on repeat right before I go to bed all the time. <laughs> but, but we don't, if we, again, like you just said, if we allow them to be a flushed out character and have enough screen time, which I understand there's so many fucking characters in this movie so you just can't properly give and I understand why they did it because they're just like fuck <laughs> and they were like you know what would be awesome if we did an all female part of the fight scene but if you just had female, all like, female characters more involved in your fight scenes in general you wouldn't they wouldn't feel that. that different right exactly and I felt like her death was so 
just like let's just get her out of the way let's just we need to just Whoa. that's what, that's really what it felt to me because it just was like if we put natasha in here she's going to be the one to do this or she's going to be one to do this we don't want this we don't want this female character to save the day I didn't take it that way at all. I, I, because and like, like, I felt I, like the, with the sacrificing thing, it was like, she did save everybody. I mean, she How got else the were we gonna get off of I mean, here? she got the soul stone. soul stone. Um, I also feel like I haven't thought of too many alternate ways to really save Nat. But because I don't think there makes, really aren't that right. many. No, I know. But, like, I haven't thought about, like, other ways we could have gotten the soul stone, like, without, like, somebody or especially, like, not sacrificing themselves. Because you, if I think about it too much, I'm going to be mad. Right. I and mean, I like, can't live like I that. I, like, I just can't at this point in my life. Like, I can't process that far deep. But, like, what if we did, like, someone, like, an ancillary character then? I know, but then you have to bring in an ancillary character just to kill them, Nebula? and we don't do that. What about Nebula and Gamora? We can't kill Nebula because she's the way that we found out about. No, she other like when Nebula. when Nebula. Oh, fuck. So we can't do that. We already killed Gamora on Mormir. Well, but <laughs> Gamora would be killing Nebula. No, I know, but we can't kill. We, they didn't go to Mormir though because they didn't. No, I don't know if Gamora in 2014 knew where the Soul Stone was That's on Formir yet. I don't I, know. We don't I'm know where in the timeline <laughs> she figured that out. But it's like, it's like, did we really? It's have like, to we, kill we, 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 but we couldn't kill somebody insignificant because then you're literally bringing right. them in just to, just kill, to them. kill them which and is even worse that's so. worse and like right. there weren't that many other options to choose that's from true. that I are mean, that's like true. alive like your options are like Rocket or like Right, and I feel like if they did, I mean, they already announced, like, the Hawkeye series, so we knew that, like, Jeremy Renner wasn't going to die in this, Hawkeye wasn't going to die in this film, so we knew that it, like, wasn't going to be him, but, I mean, what if it was switched? What if it was Clint that died? I don't know. I, I felt like Natasha wasn't going to really let that happen, and if we're being honest with ourselves, we both know that Natasha's stronger than Clint. Like it she is can, true. Yeah. So like she was really the one making that decision. Right, exactly. Um so and like Natasha's doing it because she knows that Clint has a family and things like that. And like could you imagine he for He has Nat- a life. Could yeah. you imagine for like Natasha's like internal and emotional development and yeah. her characterization to have to go back to Laura Barton and be like, Yeah, I let Clint go off the cliff in right. Formir? Yeah. Like that's even harder and that's just like like I can't like that would create so much internal struggle and right. emotion and all that crap within Natasha that she doesn't need to go through again. Right, that's true. Like, she's already been through all this other crap with everything else in her yeah. life. I just, I still stand by, it's like, the whole, why do we have to sacrifice another female character for male pain? That's like what no, I still... No, I, ag- I agree. No, I don't no, no, like no, to no, sacrifice no, no, female people either, but I don't really But, I, but again, I don't see anyone... Now like, that we, like, go through it, like, I don't there? Like, see... sure, that would have been great, but it wouldn't have meant anything. Yeah, I just don't see, like, anyone else, unfortunately, dying. No, I know. Place, which and, like, and when I think about it too hard and I think about rational reasons why we could have killed other people, it sends me into a short circuit, so I yeah, really let's just Maybe not do that. All right, so, guys, we're going to take a little break um, before we move on to our next, um, next three, the main three, I guess. And then... Um, We'll be back, so hang tight.
All right, so it's been a long break for us. <laughs> it's been a not couple so of days. long for you. But yeah, we took a few day break because we realized that we were getting to the point where we were a gonna be very tired by the end of our discussion. Yep. And B, um, we're kind of getting into like deeper issues. I want to say probably. Blums. Yeah, we realized Bots. that where we were going next <laughs> was absolutely not going to fit in the next 45 minutes that we had no, slotted for this. We no. were like, <laughs> slotted um, nope, nope, definitely going to go over. So we're back. We're back. I and hope everyone's still listening at this point. You know what? Godspeed. If you are, we want to shake each one of your dozen hands. <laughs> Is that each person's own dozen hands? As it's they like have six people twice. Wow. <laughs> wow. That would be an intense handshake. Yeah. It deserves an intense handshake. It's true. It's true. We could give you a high five for this. Yeah. A strong <laughs> work. Um, so let's uh, jump right back in. Okay, fine. If we're ready. I'm not. I don't feel like we'll ever, ever be ready, so we should No, just... we should just like rip the band-aid off. Fucking do it. Let's just do it. All right. Can you do this all day? I sure can. Oh, God. Kelsey, I thought you'd be the first one to cry. (laughs) You're right. But you're right, Kelsey. I can do this all day. Okay. (laughs) Spinoff? I can't wait until we have our spinoff called I Can Do This All Day, where we only talk about MCU and comic and Marvel-related things. I'm honestly... If we get to that point, I will be so excited. <laughs> oh my god, what if it happens when we're like 80 years old in the old folks home? Well, it will still That happen. would be hysterical. <laughs> Does anybody want to come to our podcast recording? We're going to be talking about the Avengers that came out like 60 years ago. <laughs> Literally, people will be like, I remember that. And they'll be like, you shut up and sit down. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Fuck you, Walter, sit down. <laughs> except, except actually everybody in the old folks home. Would will they, be our age, so nobody will have those old people names. Yeah, they'll be like, Michaela, spelled like horribly. <laughs> and that will be an old folks name. Instead of like, Elise, or like, Elphaba, or some shit like that. I, t- I don't know. <laughs> Elise is Elise Bauman's name, and I love Elise Bauman. I so know like, you do. Go. This is our actual original <laughs> connection. Here we go, everybody. So, in Avengers Age of Ultron... In the scene, it's not even this movie, <laughs> which is not even this movie, but it's in this universe. Oh, yeah, I know if you're gonna talk about. You did, okay? Yeah, it's Dominique. Yeah, it's Dominique. <laughs> um, she was that one person that had like three lines. I don't even know if she really had any lines that you could actually. She was just hear. like a concerned person. She talked person. to her kid. Yeah, she's got the. I think she she's might mother. technically be the mom of the kid that Pietro dies saving. Oh yeah, that would make sense. With the boy, With Hawkeye. Yeah, I thought it was a girl. No, oh, it's a boy. Cool. Um, and the mom, I think, it's the mom, is played by Dominique Provost-Chalkley, and she is amazing, and is in the Carmilla movie with Elise Bowen. There you go. Ba-boom. Boom. Great. Moving right all fucking long. This is how bad we're stalling against yeah. starting this. Okay, so, uh, okay, we're gonna have to move on to the, the, the core three, I guess. Uh, so why don't we start with Thor? Sure. <laughs> the the breaks of silence. Say one crickets. Yep. Um. So we'll start with the pros uh, of Thor. What are your okay. pros? 
Um, so what I actually really liked, and this is going to tie into what I think you're going to say yeah. about Thor, mm-hmm. um, is the use of, um, throughout this whole film, the use of like parents yes. in the flashback scenes. But for Thor, it was the use of his mother as that main yes. significant person that he Love saw that. when he went back into, it was 2000. It was the Dark World, so yes, I think 2014. Because 2014 is Avengers, right? Or yeah. Is it 2012. Well, Avengers is 2012. 2012, yeah. but they found. No, sorry, so I'm getting all my years confused. 2014 is where Gamora and Nebula and Thanos are. So, yeah, you're it right. It might be like. So it's probably 13, 13, 14, 14 somewhere yeah. in that time frame. Um, so they flash back yeah. to within Thor the Dark World, and he sees his mother before she dies. And really gets and gets a chance to like talk to her and like not that I necessarily totally agree with what happens as the outcome of that scene. Yeah. But I I like it's that they were because they weren't like, oh, he's gonna go back and see Jane because significant or, others are the only Or Odin or something. Or like Odin because like, of his dad or yeah. something. I he, like that it was like a close connection yes. to his mom. Especially because like the focus of his the Thor movies were essentially his father because right. he's such an important figure in Thor's life, which is not right. getting, we're not putting that down at all. No, not at it all. It was just it was nice to see like a mother son relationship because you don't see that at all in really any superhero film, right? Except for maybe like DC films, you know, yeah, with like Superman, they kind of focus on the the mother son relationship. But most, at least most Marvel films, we we see a more closer connection of male the figures bonding. Son. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was great to see that, and it was great to see that, like, he took all this advice from his mom, and it wasn't, like, diminished because she's right. a woman, or diminished because she doesn't go out and, like, like, Odin, like, with, with Thor, like, fought in all these battles and stuff like that, and his yeah. mom never has. So it was great to see that she, that he took, like, wholeheartedly took mm-hmm. what she was saying to him, and it wasn't diminished for any reason and right. that was I thought that was really great no I, his, I agree so I don't know if that's necessarily a pro of like Thor but of his storyline I think his storyline slash character arc um, I think was very good I think it and for this reason yeah for this specific reason yes, for this very specific reason of like with the mother son bond right um, yeah no I agree I really liked that scene up until a point yeah. but um, I thought it was really good and I, I did enjoy that they kind of not that they didn't focus on his relationship, but they just kind of turned the relationship kind of being like, it's still like a male-female relationship, right. but like a, a male-female relationship that, I don't want to say that matters, but is more but important to the storyline than, than the, the like Than the him and Jane storyline. Right, because that really felt, did fall through, you know, yeah. technically. I mean, yeah. with other reasons behind behind the camera, but right. it, I think it more fell through in his because that's, not the most important factor, which right. is great, and, and I that's and I great like that. To see. Yeah. Um. So my my pro for Thor for this movie. So the whole kind of what surrounds Thor in this film is the fact that he's dealing with grief in kind of a negative way, and not he doesn't kind of move on from this mm-hmm. like one particular right. thing that happens in Infinity War where he he misses he doesn't go for the head right. for the Thanos which causes implications and basically that causes great grief and PTSD in Thor um, because of the fact that he he fucked up essentially he right. could have gone for the head but he didn't because he thought he was going to be fine with going to the heart right which valid it, you know right. You, right. you messed up and you know obviously that will 
get, like give like greater character implications and mm-hmm. emotional implications, which I thought was a great step. Um, yeah. how, it was good that they followed through with that. Yeah, they no, just like, oh, yeah. he moved right on and now he's fine. And like um, he's totally carrying the weight of all of this. Exactly. And he has been since the beginning of he, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah. Like when he like didn't kill Thanos at the beginning. Right. There, There's always this <clears throat> implication of like, I didn't win. And right. winning is such a big part of his character because right. he's a god and yeah. he always like saves the day. And right. you know, you have to fail to understand your achievements. Yeah. And so, and then I think that's a big. That was mm, a great line. Oh, thank you. Um, it's one of those like things that you always kind of see in the Thor films because mm-hmm. he's a jock, you know. He's right. yeah, he's he the jock of the family between you know Hela and Loki of the the goth <laughs> the goth siblings and everything. And um, so, if you think about it, in that he's he's very much a competitor. Yeah. Uh, so, but what implicate uh, what of the implications? And I'll go back into my con as to why it wasn't handled well by the by the storyline was that yeah. he became bigger and he kind of settled his grief and, and alcoholism and you know and becoming big which happens and it's not a bad thing it's okay to do that i mean it to a point you know you know what i mean yep grief um, and coping manifest differently for, for everyone um but by the end and i'll go back to the middle part of that um in my cons um but by the end what i really did like was the fact that you know, by the end of the big, like be, the beginning of the big battle, um, you think that you know, oh, he's gonna go back. He'll go back to his like chiseled face and right. he'll be he'll this cut his like hair again right, exactly. And... What I did like was that he kind of stayed the same, yeah. knowing that you know it takes time to recover from grief or recover from like a what a, you did to cope with your grief. Exactly, exactly. It does take time to go forward that, but and he stays the same. He be, actually becomes Thor. And he's still a bigger guy, which I loved yes. because of the fact that it's showing, especially because we, in, in films, what the issue that a lot of people kind of forget is that the, the idealization of male bodies mm-hmm. is, is not the greatest <laughs> Correct, because of the fact that, you know, they're all like super strong and chiseled and it actually is really bad for these actors' health because you just can't right, right. be this like strong and thick and chiseled all the time. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> um, because it actually causes like extreme dehydration for these actors. Yeah. And it's really not good. Um, as much as a lot of people like to see that. Uh, but it was nice to see like a more quote unquote average body. Right. And uh, especially fighting and being strong and still being like a superhero. Yeah. And it was amazing to see this. And I was talking to um, my older brother and he was like, he became his father because uh, he looked, he like started to emulate like Odin a bit with like the beard yeah. and everything and the longer hair and in the bigger body and everything mm-hmm. where it was okay to look like this. And then that's what it shows me. Um, and then what else? It like yeah. showed me that they kept it this kept him the same size the whole time. That it, like if they had changed his body type, like if they'd been like, Oh, he went for a run, he's like, Oh, I just flew across the universe and now I'm skinny again. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Um, so that I can be hot for this last battle scene. Um but for me that shows that it's good because if they'd done that, then it would have been like, wow, so we made him fat for some fat jokes, and which yeah. we're going to get to in the cons. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. And then we, and then we just, we just, went, we, we made, made it, it and, t- and took it away just so we could get 
everybody's she attention looks, back exactly. on her body. Right, exactly. So, and it, and it really allowed us to focus on his, his uh, fighting skills, which yeah. I thought was, you know, they're still amazing and they're just as amazing. Right. There. And so, and that's, and that's what I did like about it. I mean, there are some issues, I feel like, with that because, but I'll get to that on the cons, but, yeah, um, yeah so that's, that's my pro, I think, for his character. Yeah. And you brought up a good pro when we were in the movie theater, seeing the movie. Right. Which was when he, when in the flashback scene with Into the Dark World, when Rocket's talking to him and Thor's allowed to cry. Yeah. And you see oh. a lot of good, like non-toxic masculinity yes. and non like super fragile so, masculinity i what i liked about that scene i mean not the when he's talking to rocket because rocket slaps him out of a panic attack and you should not do no, that okay i know not that <laughs> no but i just but wanted like, to mention that but but like he's crying in front of rocket right and the thing is it's also like, yes. like and i think we see that with steve at like nat's nat's like group therapy death session but um, we see like Steve like do the one single man tear, right? And the it's, one, like, the like, allowed one exactly. singular male tear. And I think with Thor, you do see like actual pain and grief and emotion. Yeah. And uh, again, you don't see this with male heroes because male right. heroes are never supposed to cry because they're supposed to emulate this biggest amount of you know masculinity. And right. I think Thor crying and showing emotion tells us. Hey, even if you're a guy or male identifying, you can still show emotion. Like that's not going to make you any less of a man, you know, than the next person who is also crying. Crying's yeah. okay. It's therapeutic, and we have to. And if we don't, and you you're, hold it all you're, in, and, and it's, it's going to be bad. Yeah. You know. And I feel like across the board, the MCU has not done an awful job. Like I can recall, like in Black Panther, like both Eric Killmonger cries right. when he sees his dad in that in his scene when he after he takes the power. Yeah. I and mean, then yeah. like and then T'Challa cries also at one point when he's talking right. his his da- dad in the ancestral plane. Um and then I think Tony cries in Iron Man three. He has more panic attacks. He does, but yeah. I think he cries after one of them. We'd have to check. But I think I think he does he shows more emotion in right. Iron Man three than the other two. Yeah, but absolutely. But like, I think so I think he does cry. For, yeah, for something like that. For like, to at least know like three instances where people cry across a thing I mean, of superheroes. That's not, not bad. It's not horrible because it could be if better, you think, but, yeah, right, exactly. It definitely could be better, but this mm-hmm. is way better than like other superhero things yeah and especially because it's like it, you're just like there's always this idea of you can't cry right and that's but, why batman broods yeah because, because that's they like don't he, let him cry right exactly it's like just let him cry he's allowed and then to he'll cry. be fine yeah like literally he just needs like one good crying session about him and his like family and therapy and then i think all of his problems might be solved but uh, right that's just me right someone could correct me on that nicely <laughs> um yeah Okay. Do you want to go into the cons? I think our cons might sure. kind of line up a little oh, bit. Oh, I think so. Okay. <laughs> Which one should we start with? Um, Bad jokes or alcoholism? Oh, God. Um, let's just get... I think they're kind of together. Yes. So I feel like let's just go through the fat phobia okay. um, in this. Get it done. Oh, boy. Um, All right. So This was a big and bad thing. Definitely. Yeah, and we talked about, like... And Kelsey, we did talk, we, um, you just spoke about this as a pro that they showed that people cope in different ways and all right. that. And that's fine. Yeah. The way they treated it. Not great. Not uh, great. It, it, 
I feel like they're instant, instantaneously, of course, you're going to have a character who's an asshole or a person who's an asshole is going to make a joke. That happens, unfortunately. It's not great. I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I'm saying it's, it it's going to happen no matter what because people don't understand you shouldn't do that. People are dicks. Exactly. Um, but when you take that idea mm-hmm. and continuously run it throughout the whole film and even kind of bookend his arc with his mother saying, eat a salad, which... A, do Asgardians eat salads? Do they know about that? And B, you would know. You shouldn't know. Just no. (laughs) Just like straight up no. Just like he had this great emotional talk with his mom and we didn't need it. We didn't need a joke to lighten the mood because it was... Or you can lighten the mood about something else like, hey, cut your hair. Like there's a difference. Yeah. Like there's a difference of being like... Be like... Take a shower or yeah. something. Right. Take because a shower would have been a perfect choice. Because that would have the done, the same, that it done the same thing. It would have done the same thing without ruining it. Because of the fact that it it talks about, I don't want to say because maybe take a shower is maybe not the best line, but it's at least points out his depression and PTSD with a better coping mechanism yeah. than saying, Hey, eat a salad because if you fucking eat a salad, all your problems is gonna be fixed. Like right. No, I mean I think that the idea of taking a shower is a kind of a self cleansing yes. type of idea where it's like you should just try just take five minutes to just take some peace. Personally, that's how it, I would look at it, um, and it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it got cheap. It got it was made for laughs. I mean. Unfortunately, I was laughing because I was just enjoying in the moment. I didn't right. really realize it, unfortunately. And I mean, that happens. I yeah. feel like everybody, like, initially you might feel this way. And then as it went on, we were like, ooh. ooh. Like, the first fat joke, you're like, okay. Oh, it's funny. Like, we're just yeah. pointing it out. This is okay. And then, like, as it continues, you're like, all right. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. We're it done. It just was like, like, we, we got it. And then I think, like, there were articles that came out, like, they were saying, oh, his, like, his weight's not a joke. And I'm like, well, you made it a joke. Which makes no sense. I mean, I was just like, but why? Then why did you do this? And it, to me, it bothers me even more is because of the fact that a lot of kids love Thor. And, like, kids, like, love Thor and Cap. You know, they're they're fun characters that have big, shiny objects that they carry right. around. And what bothers me is that because they made these jokes to Thor, it allows the bullies to make these jokes to kids who are bigger. Because there is an allowance and there is this idea that this is okay and I feel like this is where Marianne needs to step in (laughs) well we were just talking about like what representation does and so like if you have representation of people of different body sizes it does the same thing for any other group right that is represented on television or in media and you're right so kids and young adults and just people in general Mm -hmm. um you're like absorbing these messages and really taking them in from what you're seeing on tv because if you think of the amount of screen time that people just across the board are getting but especially kids um then you're right so when they see that like thor is allowed to do these like you're, you're they're allowed to make fun of thor and he doesn't stop it and nobody else stops it and says it's wrong then it becomes okay and that becomes part of like kids personalities and brought into like their mannerisms and how they talk to others and things like that and that's why 
there's such a huge like movement across a lot of like um, professionals that work with children about like media exposure to like things like violence and violent behavior and things like that and how that's really affected our young people at this time like are kids today exhibiting more violent and aggressive behaviors because of what they've seen and sees okay in media whether it's right. like tv movies video games etc um and we know that even like when people are like oh there's no exact link we know that even though you can't like like you can kind of you're, like you're, you're, you dots, absorb yeah. messages from that right. you receive from media it's just it's that's just like fact. that's a fact <laughs> so like that was like a perfect point to bring up um and then i mean and then it's that alcoholism again we've talked about on this podcast before like mm-hmm. with coping mechanisms like with um how we cope um, how we cope the episode is, how we cope with welcome to marween and the hate you give yeah. and i think a couple other films i think there was a, yeah we've mentioned we, other we, films about coping as and, well and i mean obviously we it's all funny. have different ideas of coping some good yeah. some bad and that's okay to show because then it shows a real right. like a real reality realistic, yeah. realistic um, idea of how people cope you know right. not everyone's going to be perfect never not everyone's going to be like i'm fine i go to a therapist like no there's going to be people that turn to drugs alcohol you know other addictive uh, disorders and behaviors and everything um but when again it's turned into a joke when it's turned into the butt of the joke saying like oh i immediately need a beer oh i immediately need to drink oh he drank eight kegs and he's still like drinking like Yes, it's bringing up the point of alcoholism, but it's not, you're doing it, it's, it was done in a way where, again, it was just the core of a joke. Right. Like, he was like the Big Lebowski, where he right. was just hanging, uh, drinking, and it was always pointed out that he was drinking, just, he wasn't himself. Right. And, and it's like, they, yeah. so they took his whole character, which in the prose we were talking about, that it was like, they were showing like his, um grief and coping reactions to not killing Thanos yes. in Infinity War. But then they used that, the actions that he was portraying, like his coping mechanisms and things, as the comedic relief for the whole movie. Which makes no and sense. And it's like, but why would you, you were on such, like you set this up really well. Like the the bones right. of this like film, like in his character arc, are really good. Especially like, but like how have... they did when they were actually written. So it's like, the structure is good, right? You but the actual screenplay writing was bad. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, Thor's arc, especially, like, it kind of accumulated in Thor Ragnarok, where he mm-hmm. he became mm-hmm. more than Thor. Like, it was his character was understood that he was broken down so much. He, he got his hair cut because that was such a part of him. Right. They broke him down to his very core right, and right. saying, like, Yes, he is the god of thunder, but he's right. more than a hammer. He's more than a, more than having two eyes, and he's more than just his hair. And you know, they built up this character that that was that they understood like did have jokes. He did have a personality, but still kept him kind of kind of brought back just a bit. And um, and they kind of just like deconstructed that deconstruction where they just brought him back to this like one thing where they're like, oh, people like him funny. Let's make them funny. Right. So they. Yeah. So I think what people took from Ragnarok, because Thor Ragnarok was obviously like the most successful Thor film. Yes. Um, because it did have a lot more humor and personality and just right. had a more humanized version of, of Thor. Thor. And also like a more, um, I don't want to say like interesting 
I think but it was a, a more, like a funnier and stuff like storyline for the whole film. The, too. the the singular arc was a lot more. I don't want to. Say, it's not funnier because it's not a funnier arc. It's clearly no. an arc about familial ties and right. trying to understand, you know, how but to was, move forward with like how to how more to deal. engaging. Yeah, more I guess engaging. more engaging. Yeah, because it it was able to play off the audience better. Right, and like the way that they presented the storyline and things like that was much more engaging for mm-hmm. the audience. Um, so it was, so I think they were like, oh, everybody loved Ragnarok. They like funny Thor, mm-hmm. but we're like, no, no, no. We liked the development <laughs> yeah. of Thor and the funny background and the way you made him funny. Like the, like the ways they made him funny did not m- make fun of him no. in Ragnarok. Like they, when the, he's like, he just this was is like, my disguise that I've got on. You can send me an email. It's you know, yeah, exactly. Like, the way he made stuff. him funny was the situational context. Yes. Which is how you have to... That's how right, that's normal right. people, like, are funny. Like, right, in a that's situational how you context. develop good humor. humor. Like, because you, you play off of other people. It's right. an improv technique. Right. And so I think they were able to be like, oh, you don't have a computer? He's like, no, what do you mean? Why do I have a computer? <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to receive this email. email. Exactly. But, so, so it's like, like that, it's a weird ignorance that Thor has, but tries to be like of the culture right. and and that's what Thor is he's this alien god from another planet but happens to just like hang around Midgard and like right. and tries to understand this this wave of weird alien technology that these humans go with right and so whereas that he takes everything else for granted on Asgard mm-hmm. so it's that weird like Superman dichotomy of mm. he's an alien but he's also like a humanized person, person. you know right so I just think they just lost that all. So yeah, it was like you didn't take the right aspects that people enjoyed from Ragnarok. Right. Um, but in like to Kelsey's point that we like had developed him into being more than just the hammer, more than the hair, more than yeah. his typical look and all that stuff, um, and really had shown what Thor can do. And I think that that was the perfect lean into Infinity War, where Wonderful. where Thor came in Infinity War, and they gave him back his eye, which like that's okay. fine. That's- um, and plus, it brings up the the option of like a quote unquote glass eye because right. of the fact that right. it's like fake, and that is showing to, like people with disabilities. Like you like, can still be like yeah. a hero, like Thor. Like, right. Like if you a can kid have a like loses, eye. yeah, if a kid loses his eyes, and be like, oh, I'm gonna be just like Thor because he right. also has a fake eye. Right. I personally, yeah, that's that I was good. I didn't issue. have a problem with that. Somebody pointed that. that out online, and I was like, no, 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 I don't think you understood this. <laughs> but, um, but like in Infinity War, like you saw him using the getting the new axe because he's like I need a weapon to kill Thanos and that's right. fine and that's and that's fine that's getting plot, new weapons is fine the plot that's a plot the, device and right I, I, I'm fine with the plot device. and that is fine but he was using powers beyond just the axe it's and that's so, a more concept based idea I feel like which yeah they didn't get no no, no I so no, that, was agree, all, that, was like, that was the way that was like we made it all great and followed through an yeah. infinity war very well and then this one they were like oh La la la, Thor, <laughs> right, about him. Yeah. Um, so it was just like we had built him up, we'd made a great character in for Ragnarok and Infinity War, and then we like tore him down. Yeah. And I don't know, game. it just was Which like, stinks. Which stinks. And then like by the end of the film, he like goes off with the Guardians, and I just like, I felt like his arc wasn't complete. Right, and people, um, I just didn't know where his arc ended. And it was a little unclear that like, because Thor's whole purpose had been like helping his people and like the people of Asgard and like that was like his whole center of his life 
and not that you can't change your focus and want to pass over that torch Which and I'm really take more, a break. I'm very, and very like that. happy that like, hey, Valkyrie. I'm real got happy that Valkyrie's gonna get a roll. So right. I, I'm here for here it. For it. <laughs> but that's not the didn't, issue. Besides what his mom said like to him which is why i was like i understand this is great bonding but why are you telling him to like she's telling him follow his heart and i'm like why did we take that as abandon your people yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like, like, like the people of asgard need a really good leader and yes because That's, of what happened valkyrie was the more she was the more competent yes person. the the more qualified competent party than thor but we could have also changed the arc into like thor Learning different coping mechanisms right. so he can come back and help his people. Right, just like aforementioned Steve Rogers, where like his character literally becomes like kind of just a mentor. Right, you know, which, which is great, and I think that's really important for because he's like such a. I mean, he is literally like two hundred something years old at this point by the end of the film, but. Um, but it's kind of the same thing where they need to take a step back and let these people understand their role and understand what they mean to the mantle that they're yeah. given and yeah. let in if they have questions it's always fine to you know go to go to them and, and that's really what that's literally what happens in comics like they just right. like step right. aside right. Yep. where and they bring them in being like oh hey need some help on this and they go yeah. okay here's my experience and then they're like great i'm gonna use that thanks and like they leave but which is i mean that's just literally what comic style. comics our comics are done and i just feel like that part was missed with the ending, with yeah. Thor's ending, because it's like there's no, there's a way to bring him back, but it's also it's like it's also like bye, see you in the next Guardians film. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what? What? <laughs> what are we gonna do with Guardians three? Be like, oh yeah, we ditched that Thor guy wherever yeah, exactly. when like her exactly. Hemsworth is like, no, I'm done. No, yeah, <laughs> like and then what? It's just, but I am excited for Lady Thor, and I am very excited for... Well, Lady Thor in the context, that's what the comics are called. <laughs> um, and the fact that Tessa Thompson is probably, most likely, going to be the next Thor, which I'm here very happy for, for it. Um, so here for it. All right. All right, let's move on from Thor. Please. <laughs> God, I would really love to stop talking about um, him. God. Um, can we just, like, not talk about Steve? <laughs> If I had to talk about Matt, you have to talk about Steve. Fine. Okay. Um, I'll start with my pro. Okay. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? I'll start because okay. I just... Yep. Like it yep. Go for it. Um, I did like that they gave him more of a personality in this film, um, that he did swear. I mean, I, I know it's more of like like a fan thing, I guess, but uh, he was in the military. He was literally in the military in World War II. There's no way he didn't swear. Like, Can I just tell you that Kelsey's had this chip on her shoulder since Age of Ultron came literally, out? Literally, when he said language, I was like, what the fuck? Kelsey laughed a lot, and then, but also at the same time was like, what the fuck? I and like, I was like, this is so funny. And Kelsey was like, this is so stupid. Let me tell you why. I was literally like, haha, wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, what? And to him, like, and he had a personality, like, even, like, after the swearing, he was like, well, like, let me, like, be emotionally supportive, and let me do this, and let me do, like, he was able to, like, articulate his feelings well-ish, which I thought was, was better than the past few movies yes. that he's been in. Um, I do think The Winter Soldier Steve is probably the best depicted, the, or at least personally feel like it's the most closely related. Kelsey's personal favorite Steve is, 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 is The Winter Soldier Steve. Steve. 
um, just because it, I don't know, it's just something about how it's a well-defined understanding between the past and future mm. and it kind of mixes mm -hmm. in of there's this uncertainty to it which is completely like valid and I think it's just I think it's just well constructed uh, but that I mean and then it was just like he was a leader and kind of this and that yeah that's about it <laughs> that's your only pro for cap yeah I feel like I need a another couple watches to kind of understand and see what I like about his characterization. Yeah. Um, I felt there was a couple things that irked me. We can get to those in the cons. Yeah, what was your pro about Steve? Um, I agreed with the more personality and it was like, like to your point about the language and stuff, it was like less all, like what I wrote was, he was less all moral highness than yeah. E. Because, so I mean, like you saw like not. him like, and he wasn't in he was in a leadership role, but also, like, other people had leadership roles, which Right, was he nice. was letting other people... Like, it was nice that Nat was in charge of all the other like stuff. He was also, like, a follower, which and is... he was doing the other stuff. And that's, we don't see. And that's, yeah. yeah. Um, um, other pros. So, with the more personality, there was also, like, some humor that was really right. good. Like, the America's Ass joke was funny. Oh, it was fantastic. When he looks down, he was He's just like, like that, that is really is America's Ass. ass. <laughs> you know and I, I do I think it, that understanding it was really it come when he is face to face with 2012 Steve and himself and you can really see the character growth and yes. how much he's grown since then um, which is so important I think and when 2012 Steve looks at him he's like I can do this all day he's like I know I know, I know. <laughs> like I get it <laughs> and it's like the like you don't get to see, like, Cap doesn't get to make a whole ton of jokes very Right, because, no, because it's nice. more left to Tony or it's more left to Sam, who right. are the comedic reliefs of, like, those films. Uh, so it was nice to see that kind of difference, and it kind of made me a little less, like, stressed and everything good. during it, because, good, thanks, yeah. Um, because a lot of the times he's, like, so, it just, you can just feel the anxiety just, like, bursting out of him. It's, it's really Ooh. like, oh boy, you need a calm down. Captain America is a literal ball of emotion. He literally is. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't write down any other pros, so I'm just trying to think if there's any other ones off the top of my head. I, I mean, they're the emotional, like, the emotional understanding is a good thing, I think. Him listening. I mean, he's always listened, I feel like, in uh, films and whatnot. But mm. I just, him not reacting automatically him thinking about things was I think a better growth for yes, him yes. because he's very impul I feel like he's a very impulsive character I feel like we don't always get to see that as much because the other people around him are so much more impulsive like right, Tony, like Tony. He's, well he's, there's a difference between volatile impulsive impulsivity and and impulsivity based on lack of decision making just being okay. like I need to do this right now because yes. things will happen if I don't um so yeah. Let's get into the cons, I guess. All right. You asked to. Uh, God. Um, well, the first one is uh, when Steve Rogers said, Hail Hydra, which reminds me of uh, a very, very controversial moment Okay, so in the, the con is that it reminded you of this. Not that he actually had well, to say yeah, it. Well, yeah, well, he had to say it. And then right, it like, automatically like, reminded right. me of like, the controversy. So, so, but the fact that he said that was like a shock moment. Like, right, because you think like they set it up for like the elevator scene part two, which I was very excited about because I like the elevator scene. Right. But um, 
and and it just was like we don't need to be reminded that you know in this comics moment that you know that he was technically like part of the hydra science division technically and was like a double agent whatever and it was just like not the greatest moment in comics and it just like ruined i don't want to say that i shouldn't say ruined his character it just like do you want to give the background to what you're talking about yeah so like in so um there is this comic captain america steve rogers volume one where it basically like this is in the, like the the canon of the comics that Steve Rogers was a double agent for Hydra, and pretty much people listening to this driving their cars are like what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it kind of like it tarnished the idea. I want to say tarnished the idea. It just put a really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, validly so, because you know, especially because I think one of his, I think Jack Kirby was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I get like why they no I don't get why they did it but like it's just it's like a weird moment for Cap and it, no one liked it <laughs> and just to be reminded that Cap was a double agent for Hydra and it goes just everything against his character and I don't know I think they try to resolve it by saying like oh it was a clone which is lazy writing yeah. but, um, but yeah and it just like that put a bad taste in my mouth I was like, oh, I don't want to be reminded about this thing that I that a lot of people didn't like. Yeah, right. I think it worked very well in the scene. And I, it yeah, exactly. It, like it played off well. It with worked well in the in the rea- in the, the context of the situation. Right, and it worked well for within just the MCU. Well, that scene. It worked well just. But that I mean, scene. like, but the MCU oh. being separate than any other comic that's right. been created, okay. yes. just the Marvel exactly. Cinematic Universe. Yeah, like it worked well within this exactly within like no outside information no outside right exactly because of the fact that steve goes into the elevator with all the strike agents and hydra he's agents, like how the fuck am i gonna get out of exactly this? and that's the only way to get right. out which is right I, unfortunately yes that does work but it just was like and if he had and if he had fought them and hadn't done that like that would have there would have been for, like a lot of implications for everything else yes. so like we I, already I, fucked up in 2012 enough yeah um, <laughs> and yeah so that's like my, my only like, well, it's not my only one. There's I was like, like, tell me more. Because um, that's not your yeah. only con. <laughs> um, my other con, I, every, there's a lot, of, a lot of discussion going on about Steve Rogers' character. Uh, and you guys can read it. There are articles by Vanity Fair. There's articles by, um, uh, by a bunch of different uh, websites. So mine, and you can read in there, and I, I agree with a lot of what, if, what are they're saying and everything. So what I want to say is that to me it gave a very big lack of closure for Steve's arc, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially because of the fact that you know Steve Rogers goes back in time or whatever. Or whatever. It, it, like apparently they like mm-hmm. the writers and the directors have like t- talked to a lot of like age, like uh, websites and saying that apparently he went to a different dimension, but that was like never explained, explained. that the time stones can also make, I mean like it can like they kind of did but they never like explicitly said it just said they make a new timeline which doesn't mean a new dimension right and they didn't say that he was right exactly they just back. like showed him and Peggy dancing which obviously implied that he went back and lived a life with Peggy right and which is I mean it's fine you know I I, right. I do you know personally like I do 
like the Peggy Steve Stephen Peggy. But yeah. to me, the lack of closure comes from the fact that it just it just didn't feel satisfying enough. Like that wasn't. It's hard to say without like going into a long rant. Um, and I guess it's like a lot of it has to do with it. It destroys Peggy Carter's whole character. And I understand, and there's a couple, I'll go into like, like underneath like why this matters. Um, it, it reduces a Peggy's st whole storyline and Agent Carter and everything into a love story, which yes, that is okay for a love story, but that's not who she is. You know, she, Agent Carter literally was a scene, the season one finale is literally her moving on, her having a life, you know, her understanding there's I want to become more than just a love story. But like when Steve, flash, in the flashback scene to the 70s, when he's standing outside of Peggy Carter's office, she would have known he was there yeah, because she is the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. She would, know. she would have lifted her gun and shot him if she wasn't sure yeah. how she was, but he was in her office. She would also say a line other than background noise to right. another undisclosed person. And it turns Cap's storyline into a love story. Right. Which, and which is not really what his story's about. And yes, it's okay to have to have love stories, but it just, to me, to me personally, again, other people can see his storyline differently. Um, it can turn it, it can be like a love story, but it just, to me, it's not. It, it's a, more of a story about um, understanding what life actually is and how to navigate life and how to kind of, deal with the changes that come quickly um i mean maybe that's just because of my experiences and you know things that just might happen um to me his character arc and i think another one i think more like clinton natasha i think i said this might have earlier i don't know um it, it felt like more of a sequel their character arcs to the avengers one storyline right yes yeah. we did talk about this um because of the fact that it Steve's want to be with Peggy is more the fact it's a earlier films type of idea. I mean, he does right. like mention her and like and deal with not deal with her, but like in Civil War, in Civil War and the Winter Soldier. But it's all kind of surrounded the fact that he needs to understand that it's okay to move on and. I don't know. It just seemed very much regressive to his character. Yes, and not understanding that there are other forms of like familial love that can still be considered a way to move on. You know, right. his you know his family of you know Sam, his best friend Bucky, and you know even even like. Captain Marvel, even though we didn't get a, like a, a, any sort of that's a different fucking <laughs> discussion, yeah. and how they didn't use her at all. Yeah. Um, Underutilization of a character mm -hmm. that you, that you hyped up, up. Uh, and it's just it's the idea of you're reducing everyone to say like you're not important. It's, it, it just it that that put me it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I think I so like for me. I don't I don't have a problem with the fact that he wanted to go back and have a life with Peggy. That is fine because he's like I want I'm seeing you my opportunity right. for this second chance 
to live in my own time period right. where I can be more relaxed and I can right. live how I would have originally, originally lived. wanted to live. Exactly. Um, and that's fine. My bigger issue is with that being the ending scene for the entire movie yeah. and also for Cap storyline. Yeah. So if they had done that, if when Steve disappeared, I would prefer if, if when Steve traveled back in time to return the stones, if we had stopped with him, done that dance then, and then returned to the future mm-hmm. with him as an old man, we would be having a totally right, different discussion right now it, because that wouldn't be the focus. It makes more sense of the whole storyline at it all. Right, that was literally because the if you show part. something at the end, that is meant to be the most pivotal part of the arc, or like the arc development, the or the film. story, or the character development. And when you put it in the middle, where it could have gone, it would have flowed much better. So if we had like ended with Steve passing off to Sam, or if that was the end of like Cap's part of the story, right? We would. Like, I think it would have been a much better place. Perfect. I think. Right. It, right. It I would have been, been. I would have been completely fine with it. Obviously, it would still have some issues about it. Not. Not right. so much. Not so much the Sam part about it. More about the Steve part about it. I'm right. But like, but we wouldn't be. But it wouldn't have made it seem like his entire story arc was about a love story. Exactly. It, exactly. It would have been more the fact that he understood. And it right. would have made more sense for him showing up at the bench rather than him showing up on the platform where right. that's literally where he is supposed to come back. That's I know. The only how way did, he, how the, so is that part of the timeline you think? Did he well, just, that's, that's why people are like, well, this makes no sense because of the fact that he then lived underground for like x amount of like decades and like already showed back on the platform that was only created a couple of days ago essentially and then he went back to the same point when he left right that that means that it's still the same timeline and it means that he knew that he made out with his grandniece sharon carter <laughs> Which has been my issue since the beginning. I think I looked at Kelsey right after the movie ended. I was like, um, um, remember how in Civil War he was yeah. like dating Sharon Carter, i.e., therefore his grandniece? Grand? <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's more the fact that they reduced Peggy's storyline into yes. a love story and the fact that they reduced Steve's whole entire 10-year story into arc. arc into just one singular scene which made no sense and, and why do you use this to end a movie uh that's uh, like i was furious that yeah. this was the end scene it was of the just movie like because i was like this been... isn't cap's movie no a. it's the team's movie it's and it should have been literally them just like walking out of like the funeral and just kind of or something or like something that. like where they just where understood where everyone dispersed right it was like either should have been a group thing or like a few different people or but it shouldn't have ended with this that yeah. is very like or even even if it, the entire movie had ended with, with like Tony with Steve giving the shield to Sam that would have yeah, been okay that, too because that is moving the whole story plot right, along exactly it, it's it, not just it being understands like, the shift oh look at what Steve did no right. We're under. They're not understanding that this is. I understand like why they did it because they wanted to just put close individual arcs. Right. But like, but you can't under, end on wanted, anybody's one individual arc. Right. Except of, for Tony because he died. Right. Because of the fact that I would have honestly, if they just ended on um, on Happy talking to his daughter and saying like, oh, like your dad also loved cheeseburgers too. That would have been a perfect ending because of the fact that. You're already ending on what started it and what right. ended it. Right. And it understands yep. the complete arc between the 10 years here and there. Right. Whereas everything else was just in between. 
Um, so when Kelsey and I were talking about this before we started that recording, been, oh, such we, th- we came up with a much better ending to really close <laughs> everybody's storyline, and that's why Kelsey and I should be involved in the writing of all MCU Well, films. there was no female Ta-da! writers, so I mean, let's... Fuck you all. Oh, um, so we were like, how do you close out Tony's storyline, but also make it a group thing? How do you like end this well? And we were like, oh, we should end it with something with Morgan because she's, like, moving into the next storyline and really closing out Tony's arc. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what if you had Steve, like, coming over to Morgan and, like, talking with Morgan? And that, like, um, I forget exactly what phrasing we said, but we said, like, like, something along the line of, like, she saw his shield and was like, my dad had one of those in his garage. And 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 Steve just being like... Oh, yeah, he had a lot of stuff in his garage. Or, like, yeah. he worked really hard in his garage. Or, like, do you want... Let's right. go see what else Dad used to have in his garage. Exactly. Or something like that. Where it'd be closing that central arc between Tony and Steve's storylines where they have been these combative figures and, like, really, right. like, have been at odds with each other since the moment they met. Literally. And especially because um, it, it, it kind of solidifies Steve's role as old man Steve Rogers as... You know, he's clearly been through some, some things. He's just now wants to take the mantle of this grandfather role that right. he would have throughout the whole, you know, MCU now where he is just this old man, um, Steve. old man Steve, but he's a mentor. Right. And he understands it's like, oh, let me tell you about this. Let me talk to you about this. Yeah. Let me tell you a story about your dad. Yeah. And then um, we can get it. I don't want to get into the Bucky and friendship, the right. friendship between Bucky and Steve and how much they kind of really flub that up again there are tons of articles out there just literally google just it google it because i don't have time to deal with that yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so we were like that would be a much better ending because then you'd be wrapping up everybody's collective storylines because like if you think about like how all of the arcs of all of the group movies have come up have ended up it's always been those like the group that follows tony and the group that follows steve at odds with each other obviously taking to the biggest head in civil war but like this would wrap up the entire collective MCU, like uh, the, like as the, we this, know it. this original yeah. ten years worth of MCU, because you'd be by um, putting um, an ending and closure to Tony and Steve's storyline, you put closure on everybody's storyline. I do, and that I is do. how we should have ended the movie. Mike, drop I'm out. What bothered me about the lack of closure too throughout the whole film was that a lot of this this movie was just a setup for all of like the Disney Plus series and it, that really like put me off because of the fact that it wasn't the closure I wanted because of the fact that you're not giving closure at all. You're literally right. just like setting you're up opening. for more things and the whole movie Endgame is literally about we're closing the books, we're giving this bittersweet uh, send off to the all these actors. I mean the actors literally like signed their names to the fucking movie. Right. And right. It's, I, which was a love to which oh my god. Was I cried. The greatest um, thing we can But but the fact that it was literally like, Oh, okay, Loki has the Tesseract. Now he's jumping in in space. Loki right. Where has his new series. You know, Scarlet which she's back, but doesn't explain all the vision stuff. But anyway. Um yeah. And she's getting a new series. Um, then we have Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I'm very excited about. But right. they're getting a new series. And then Hawkeye, you know, is now training other people, and he's getting a new series. I mean, it was just like it's just I would have rather them announce all of this Disney Plus stuff after after because then it's like oh okay so I because see then everyone would be it. like oh my gosh that's awesome, awesome. Like, like that's that why you set it up, up like right. this. 
Because then it would have felt like closure and then a new beginning. And then a new beginning, rather than to knowing all about all of this stuff being like, oh, come on. And then being like, oh, this is why they did it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can talk for hours about Steve's character and how they kind of just reduced it. it but I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Um, all right. So we finally, let's just, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Tony! Tony Stark. Tony Stark. Um, so pros, pros and cons. Right, well, pros. they literally was the only character they did a full arc on and then did it well. I mean, like, I, know. I can't, I honestly don't have, like, really much wrong about his yeah. storyline. It was actually really, really well Me done. Uh, I really did a, like his lines. I did, like, I mean, as much as I don't like him dying, um, it, it made sense. It just... It made sense. Yeah. Kelsey and I spent a long time talking about, like, why it was so important and, like, why it was meaningful and why it made sense that Tony died in this film. Yeah. Like, like as soon as, like, I remember, like, when Avengers Endgame, like, opened, I remember Robert Downey Jr., like, tweeting about, like, it's like, oh, this is the final ride. And I was like, okay, he's going to die. <laughs> well, I didn't see that, so I didn't know that, so I was taken off guard. But, like... But when it happened, you were like, okay. But it was yeah, so well done. It was so well done. And it was like a meaningful death. And plus, it's and like Pepper like was there. Also, everybody was there. So happy she's in the suit. Um, oh my gosh. The was, utilization of Pepper in this was phenomenal. Was amazing. Because, because we haven't yeah. seen her well used ever. Except I mean, in Iron Man 3. Three. And, yeah. Iron Man 3, she was well used. Yes. And like they've always had like Pepper be this role that is in really quick to do some things, but you've never really like experienced yeah, her. She, yeah, in like in an Avengers film, I guess, because right. I guess in all the Iron Man films, she does have some agency. And some she has some purpose. agency, and she is more or less like Tony's conscience, you know, uh, yeah. but um, which makes sense for their relationship. Right. So it's just like, this was really great utilization of Pepper all the way around. Like, as Tony's wife. Yes. So, like, in that role, and yeah. also as t- as Pepper as a member of the Avengers team, and Pepper as Morgan's mom, and, like, in every right. other role where sh- you're really showing, like, a full, well-developed character right. in Pepper. Right, exactly. And wow. Like, wow! Holy shit, Marvel! Incredible. <laughs> and um, and the fact that she was there just being, like, just just don't, just sleep, just rest, because yeah. I think we discussed this after the film. It was, like, it was the only way Tony Stark can stop. Right. Which is, I mean, makes sense for uh, Steve's character, too, because the fact that he would not stop unless he physically can't, can't anymore. Right. And, like, I don't mind that Steve was old. I think that's the best way to literally, like, kind of, like, bookend Close his... Close him out. Because that's... Because skinny Steve and D, uh, non-serum right. Steve would not have grown old anyway because of how sick he, he yes. really, like, was right. and just because, like... Yeah. Like, he wouldn't... He would be against the odds to survive. And so right. I think him growing old is... A completely valid way to do that. To do that and to end his character. Right. So for Tony, but like the, it was great because you saw like they built it up in the middle when he's talking with Pepper. Yeah. And he's like, I don't need to do this. I can put this idea of like how I just figured out how we can control the time travel yeah. thing, and I don't have to do it because then I wouldn't be sacrificing anything we have right, right. now. And she's like, but would you be able to rest? Right. And then. To get that yeah. closing line from her where you, she's rest. like, you can rest now. Yeah. 
Um, and, and like, that's what Kelsey and I talked about for a long time right after the movie. Yeah. We were like, that was the only way Tony was going to be able to stop because he's always thinking, he's always on the go. He's always the person, like, the one of those volatile people. impulsiveness, yeah. Right, but he's also that go-to pe- pe- person on the team where they're like, this is the only way we're going to get something done and you're the only person that can figure this right. out. Like, that was his that's whole role literally, in that's all it is. And, so I mean, he was, like, happily living off the grid with right. Morgan and Pepper, and, and that then was like, his they, he got pulled back in. Right. Which is a dick move, but it, it, it had a, it's yeah. the only way for the story to progress. Yeah. Um, so, like, he had great, like, character development. Yeah. Showing him, like, as a dad, and really, like, having him step up. Right. I felt as though if the writers put as much focus to Tony as they did rest of the characters, I think it would have been a fucking phenomenal film. Yeah, um, absolutely. I personally think that, uh, I mean, I know that Clint and Natasha really don't have like their own quote-unquote writers, um, but I really feel as though if there were the writers from each of their films to understand their characters, to work with the thing, the people that they understood who they were writing, I felt as though this could have been actually a really good film. Yeah. Well, my other just yeah pro for Tony. Yeah. Um, too was that similarly how did we talked about Thor right um, oh yes was who yes. like that they when they did the he did his time travel back into the 1970s the and seeing his father yeah. and getting that closure because that had been built up since the first Iron Man literally I mean like it was carried throughout the whole series that you know it, him and uh, you know Howard Stark always had this this horrible relationship with them right and he really never got to hash it out, you know, yeah. with him. There was no closure between him and his father. But and they, we were given closure, and that was so great because yes. also that was another instance where you were like pulling on a parent as the most important person. Right. And even though we talked about like how the father son relationship is so important in many Marvel things, but this but is this like was specifically like for Tony. This right. is like his crutch. I mean, like. Literally, Iron Man 2 all deals with his dad. You know, it deals with, like, understanding, even though his father wasn't present, he was still technically present in his life. And him trying to understand what his his words of love are. You know, or, or, like, love, like, action, love action things. Uh, Like, like love language. Love language, yeah. And so, like, how his love language was... I built this thing for you that you will potentially use in the future. Right. Which is him saying, like, I will always love you. Right. Which is a weird way of saying it, yeah. but it's still there. But, but. And yeah, and, like, Tony's parents have been, like, in just his relationship with his parents, and his parents' death has been such a, like, big important part of his character and, like, yeah. how he developed and, like, it's, like, literally, like, the core of him. Yeah. Um, And to get that full circle closure with his dad in a way where you really got Howard's feelings from before Tony was born Mm -hmm. yeah and like how scared he was and how excited he was to be a dad and how and like all this great stuff um was was really well done yeah I thought it was fantastic I mean I really enjoyed it I I did enjoy the 1970 scenes specifically because of that. Also, we got to see James DeArcy as yeah. Jarvis, and I really I loved him great. in uh, in Agent uh, Carter. Agent Carter, he was so good. He really was. And I'm glad, really glad they brought him back because I was I was I literally was like, oh my god, it's I him! <laughs> because, like, ah! I like, because I just loved. It. He was just such a great, um, like little just nugget of 
you know, happiness and like, and just because he always was like, what are you doing? You know, Peggy, like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he was like the voice of reason. And it's great it. to see that he was the same thing for Howard Stark. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, we have not met him before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like, he's like, how do you know? And he's like, I, I would know. Yeah, I like, have, I know my you. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone that steps in this car. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um... Yeah, and then just Tony threw out, they had, like, a good idea of where they wanted to have him at the beginning, middle, middle and end yeah. of this film. And I, it's like, there come was a, on. There was a clear line of where right. his path was, and I think, I think they just, I think they focused on Tony. That's about it. <laughs> Which, I mean, for some people, that's great, because, I mean, I, I love Tony, don't get me wrong, but there's more than just... Right. We, like we talked about six of the main core Avengers, we're not just talking about Tony here, right? You know, right. Um, I mean, for what it's worth, it was, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s claim to fame that's what him got got him back on the the map, and you know, it's really important to him. And I get it. I'm really gonna see him. I'm. Gonna, it's sad to see him leave, but it, it's the right time. You know, yeah. it's it's time to go. It's especially like for sense, it's like, like for all of them. It's everybody. like I get it. You know, I completely understand that. I don't want them to leave, but it, it's it but was we're, if, bound to if, but, if, but when it ends well, it's like okay, I feel okay. About right, this. and I it did, <laughs> and that's why I'm like left with these two hour long, you know, right, 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 right. For Tony, it ended well, and it's like we can let that. I like that's that why go. Tony, who despite the fact of him being like such a giant integral part of this, I'm okay. had just had like almost the shortest conversation we've had about right, anybody. Exactly. Because it was well done. Right. Because they understood his character, they understood right. his path. And all we talked about were pros. Right. Do and I don't I literally don't I literally don't have a con. Because of the fact that there he had his quips, you know, he had the build the build line, which was so fucking good. He had so you know, good. he had a beginning, middle of end within the singular film. And he was able to... And it to, tied into his tied entire in, arc throughout all the films. Especially with that last film. A last um, right. comment with Happy and Morgan. I mean, yeah. like, that was a direct callback, you know, to, to like, Iron Man 1 when he comes home from, you know, being in the desert. He was like, I just love cheeseburgers. Get me a fucking cheeseburger. Or that's not the one. But, like... <laughs> but, like, pretty, pretty much. much. <laughs> and, um... And I, it's just like we we there's an understanding of the arc between both films, like all all the movies, and I feel like again, they if they just either watched rewatched the films or brought in the writers from this needed to yeah it, it needed, needed to have been a collab it really had to have been because that's the only way you can understand everything Everybody. and i think that they probably like wrote the script someone probably read it and was like it's not funny enough you need a lot of jokes in here because it's too sad blah 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 right and that's what happened i feel like and i think they just went overboard with a lot of stuff and you didn't quite remember things that actually happened i mean even in the Age of Ultron, which is considerably apparent, like, with a, at least the people I talk to, they're, it, it's the worst characterization of Steve Rogers, but yet it, it, like, it literally, like, says, you know, I don't need, you know, I, what, all I have, everything is here. I don't need to go back, you know? Right. You know, like, the, the man that said all these things about wanting a family, like, I have it here. That ended there. This is a new me. This is me moving on the Thor deconstruction, you know, the, the lack of Hulk understanding, I guess. Yeah. And just, I don't know. I'm going to see it a couple times more. Because. Because. 
Because despite all the cons and this and things like that, like it was still, still like really I still like movie. I still enjoyed it. I still loved it a lot. Yeah. Like even though like we're like, there's all these issues like, with like the big female fight scene and other things like that. It's still gonna be like in the moment I'm still gonna be like this is the greatest moment right, of my like, entire life, and it, then later I'll be like, but I'm so bad about it, but I love right. this so much. I think like what we have to understand as fans is that it's okay to criticize things. I think right. that we're so used to be like yeah. loving a film so much, we we kind of go past the flaws. We're like uh, whatever, and then we come to an and uh, a movie where there is flaws and there is like glaring issues. That a lot, a lot of people do see, and a lot of top critics do, you know, you, I mean, obviously they're giving big praise to the film, because it is a big feat, like, it's your under, yeah. like, you're trying to close out, and obviously, when you have such a big feat, you're gonna miss some stuff, um, but yeah, it's, when you do a big film like this, like, you're, it's impossible to get everything right. Right, exactly, and I, I, I kind of get it, but it's also the fact that, if you let, if you understand what's in front of you and you're just trying to get it done you're gonna mess up mm-hmm. and i feel like as fans it's okay to criticize something i think this that is, you love it's okay right. to criticize the things oh, you love. oh absolutely and i think that we're just so used to overly praising things and mm-hmm. I, I think that this is like really the first film where we're going to as fans we're going to criticize because it's just like things that we we need to do you know, we have to, as much as you love something, you have to criticize it. Right. And understanding the criticisms makes you a better fan because you're understanding the glaring problems that are present. And then you can, you can try and, like, help and whatever. I don't know. It's just, like, you're just trying yeah. to understand that this thing is only one thing. You have other things to like. Right. And you see, like, when you... Um, can criticize the things you love, then you really have a better, deeper understanding, right. and like, um, like it, and then you can like have your lo- love for this grow as well because you can really talk about the things that really like and talk about the things that you would change to make it better. Yeah, and like when you can do that, you're more than just being like, oh, I love this just because I love this just right. because. When you can really articulate the reasons why and the reasons why you could have loved it more, and like right. when you can show like things that that they that writers or directors could have done to make things better, then you have a more in-depth understanding of these characters and their right. storyline and their combined storyline, and that makes a huge difference. A, an incredible a difference. Fan. I think that it just. It allows for it just allows for a better critique that as fans that especially like I think it comes down to like the more of the stands and the people who are like you know diehards and everything which I do consider myself I guess kind of a diehard Marvel fan. I'm sorry, did you just say kind of. I mean, sure. <laughs> when this when we are all collectively understanding that as a fan, it's okay to criticize things. And have a discussion about it, very level had a discussion about it. Right, like it's, we're doing right now. It's okay, you know. And I think that we're, I think as a fan, I think we're all kind of like going like, oh, am, can I still be a fan of this? And absolutely you can. It's right. okay if you like this. And, you know, and it's okay if you didn't like it, you know. And it's okay if you don't want to be a fan of this character now, but it's okay if you still like the character. I don't think you should have one movie to define a, a character, and I think you should really look at the over, 
you know, looking ar uh, overarching aspect of the character development and everything to really understand, um, a, you know, a character. And it's still okay to like it, even if you criticize it. Right. And it's okay for to not, like, with all the hype around this yes. film, especially just because it's closing out this big first wave yes. of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um it's okay for this to not be your favorite film in the MCU. Yeah, I feel absolutely. like there's a lot of pressure when yes. like we release a really new big film to be like, this had so to have been amazing. the best because yeah. we hyped it up so much and everybody cared about it so much and the actors really cared about it so much and everybody yeah. really poured in their whole hearts and soul. And it's okay to see that and like recognize it and be like, wow, everybody really did a lot for this yeah. film. And, and you can recognize you this, can but recognize also be like, you put a lot of work into this, you had wrong work, yeah. and you could have put in I a little bit more, we should, but right. you, it doesn't, it's okay, it's okay to have not loved it, and right. it's okay to still, but it's okay to still like it, but not loved it, right. and things like that, and still be a fan, and all this, and still like, Kelsey and I have been sitting here spitting out like problems and like cons right. with the film, and just with individual characters, However, we're still planning to our agree. next trips to see right. it multiple <laughs> more times because we still loved it and enjoyed it. And right. it's still a big part of this. It's still big, and like, us ourselves. Yeah. I think that it's like, it's still like a lot of the stuff is that um, I, I remember like when I, when I saw it, everyone was like, I remember just people that I know coming or texting me, like coming up to me saying like, oh my God, like, did you like it? Like what's going on? And I like, I had to hold myself back being like, go see it for yourself. Right. And I, you know, I just, it's one of those things where it's hard to articulate a feeling when you're just left to see another person's face light up, and especially when they like trust your opinion. And it just, like, it, it, it made me sad, you know, at first being like, people are, I don't want to say like, I'm not like, obviously, I'm not like the grand master of, you know, Marvel films, but a lot of people who know us personally do understand that this is a big part of our lives right. and to hear that when we say it was fine is just is a, you just see the hurt you know in their face right. and you're like oh they're usually really like excited about this right so it gets they're like worried. oh this is what mary and kelsey have been gearing up for for the past three years exactly uh <laughs> um shit <laughs> you know but with that said I think that everyone should go see it and make their own judgment. Absolutely. You shouldn't let other people's opinions tarnish what you liked or did not like about the film. Right. Um, obviously, there are some things where you should understand that this is not good versus this is fine. Right. Um, but again, it's okay to make your opinion if yeah. it's good or bad. Again, like we said, bad though, in the middle. Right. Again, like we said, I think literally on our first episode, art is subjective. You know, we have to understand that this is literally a piece of art and sometimes art just doesn't resonate well and doesn't work well. So like on the same line as like art is subjective and like, but, and everybody's coming to films for different reasons. Right. So like, it's okay for you to have come to this film specifically for like the action scenes and the right. fight scenes. Which and to have been like, good. this was so great because what I really enjoy about Marvel films is the fight scenes. Right. And for you to be like, this was my favorite film. Because I like the, the emotional and, resonance. In right. It, you know? Or like to be, and, and like people shouldn't tear other people down because they're like, oh, what, like, but you, 
you liked you it. Didn't, you really loved this film, but did you even see what they did to this person's character line? Right. Blah blah blah. Like, but everybody comes to this for different reasons. Like, if you came to this being like, I only really freaking care about Iron Man. Like, this was a great really film for you. Great film and for you. Nobody's gonna talk you out of it. No. And nobody should try to. Like, everybody's no. allowed to. Like, everyone's allowed to like something and you know, like something or dislike something. But it's also it's like if you see another person, you know, heavily criticize it. Take the like understand what the criticism is. Right. You take it in. Obviously, you can always counter that, and that's right. okay too. It's just, you know, we we all, like you literally just said, we all go for different reasons. You know, right. I was I was excited to see, you know, Sam take the mantle. I love Sam. He's, Anthony Mackie's such a wonderful actor, especially with, you know, Falcon and everything. And I'm really happy. As much as I love, you know, Bucky Barnes being Captain America, it, it was the right choice. You know, right. he is just, he is done <laughs> with fighting. And, like, he, he, he needs his time to, yeah. you know understand still understand his place in the world world. um but yeah so like yeah yeah. how out of five slates oh how would you rate it i don't know you don't know i don't know i mean i i would give it a solid like 3.75 slash four slates i mean overall it it could have been better I, but I don't still do, I don't enjoyable. do well with numeric rating skills or rating skills, skills? skills? scales scales scale like a oh, rating oh. scale. I think it's said skills. I was like, huh? <laughs> um, like I don't do well with rating things always. Mm-hmm. That's why I could never be a teacher. Okay. Um, but I just don't. I don't do great with that. Um, so I can't really. I really liked this and hated it all at the same time. Okay, yeah, I don't say I. Wouldn't you wouldn't say, say hate, but just the only thing that I heavily particularly criticized. really hated, like. Hated was yeah. that the end scene? That yeah. was the, how they like, was like they just literally like the ended the whole MC. I'm like, okay, that's horrible. <laughs> right. So if uh, we had cut out two minutes before that, I would probably say that like I literally say cut out to five. Cut out literally a half an hour of the film, make it tighter, and it would have been. I think it would have been such a better, uh, such a more well done. A lot of scenes could have been transformed. It could have been possibly like changed. Or even if in Infinity, the whole Infinity War, like two films, could have been one, one probably like three and a half hour film with maybe like a intermission in between, I think it would have been a lot tighter and a lot more sequenced, possibly. But I don't think that would have been, I think people would have, it would have been impossible. So like I understand why they split it up. I just think that the three hour time limit really did them a disservice rather than increased it. And, and sometimes that happens when you overdo it but i feel like at the same time like they they used every second they used every second but a couple of them but not too many the ronin scene (laughs) i'll always go back to the ronin scene oh for clinton that's not necessarily ronin (laughs) don't say ronin if you're not talking about ronin the accuser (laughs) it is very confusing that's what we talked about for me outside them see but also why wasn't Phil Coulson there? I would have loved to see Phil Coulson there. I know, but Just are they allowed to cross yeah, over still, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in this? I mean, who that's knows? My, that, that's what that's I think. That's a valid answer. Because I would have really loved to have seen Phil Coulson, because I was like, we fucking snapped and got to go back to see all these other people. But right. didn't see Phil Coulson. But yeah, if we'd seen him like in the Avengers Tower, I would have been happy. Right. But like, I understand why we couldn't see him like as an valid. actual role in this right. current timeline, because then it messes up right. with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because everybody understands him to be dead. Yeah. 
I think we should be retweeting some articles about Steve Rogers onto our Twitter. And, like, everybody. Um, and everyone. I just think that it's an important... But, like, Thor and, like, all Thor, these other people that we yeah. talked about as well. I think there'll be more, I think, more articulate people who... <laughs> Who do this for a living? I think. I mean, like, we we'll, also do this for. I mean, kind of a, kind of a living, living, but um, but I think that just to have, because I I know that I like kind of just like blasted over a lot of the friendship aspects of Steve Rogers. And I feel like well, we couldn't talk about everything. Well, we're trying to keep in less time than the actual film itself, which is it's which going is hard. encroaching <laughs> on us. So we need to like we need to wrap this up. Um, um, so we'll we'll retweet yeah. a lot of it there. You can follow us at Too Many Trailers. Um, TWO Mini Trailers on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, if you want to send us an email discussing your thoughts um, in a longer format, nicely, guys, I know that it's very volatile, but um, you can email us at too many trailers at gmail.com. So it's TWO Mini Trailers at gmail.com. Um, and uh, rate and subscribe here on iTunes. You can follow us on Anchor and Overcast. Um, yeah, I mean, not the movie we wanted, I guess, but but the movie we got, and I guess that's all. And I I'm do. I'm very happy with it. I'm 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 happy with it because they did it. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I, I and I and I, this goes to our whole the whole point of our discussion and the whole point of our ending that like everybody can have different opinions yeah. on how things worked out and things like that and your opinions can change yeah and, that, and that's very true and that's okay too okay we're gonna stop talking before we get stuck on another <laughs> yeah. tangent um thanks for listening if thank you, you for this entire getting thing, through this holy moly um like we love kudos. you uh and then we'll be back um with a regular episode, episode. we'll the, you'll probably hear a regular episode before first, this. Because God only knows it's going yeah. to take to edit this. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I <laughs> didn't think uh, I was signing up for this. And then, uh, and then we'll have another uh, regular episode probably next week. Yep. Then. For you soon. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.